live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. That's right, it's Saturday night, and I'm in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios in Boston, Massachusetts. And I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com, coming to you live on the Black Stage from Indian Trail, North Carolina. And from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, it is Smoking Tobacco Zone, Kevin Nikoff in the Gurkha Cigar Studios. What's going on, gentlemen? What is happening, everybody? What's going on, guys? It's Hawaiian night. We got the shirts on, you know, trying to yep. mix it up a little bit, trying to be a little more fun. Um, it's, a, it's a fun week. Right, gentlemen? It's a fun week because, uh, you know, it's been a lot of good news this week, to say the least. It's been, a, it's been a great week on Cigar Coop this week. I'll just tell you that. It's been a great week. <laughs> it's been a great week of smoking tobacco, I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I know. know well, even, even without the elephant in the room, it was a, it was a really good week. So, uh, well, first yeah, it's, of all, it's been a great week. Another thing I want to mention since you bring it up, even though this is a smoking tobacco program, William Cooper is a very dear personal friend of both of ours. Uh, or everyone at Smoking Tobacco. Uh, we do collaborate on this show, and we've been doing it for over a year, almost two years. And Almost uh, two, yeah. And I and I really appreciate that because we, we have a great time doing it. But what I will say is that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate. And Cigar Coop, did it already ha- did it already happen, or is it still yet? To- I know it's I know it's uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So, so on Tuesday, it's- Cigar Coop yeah. will turn 13 years old. Yep, and we are bringing, uh, and guess who we're bringing on to celebrate with? I don't know if I, I don't know if I've announced this yet. Oh, who do you got? Boofy. Oh Jesus. Christ. Oh my God. So, you know his birthday's so, on Monday, right? So he's gonna be extra turned yeah. up. So <laughs> and and there is and there we never had Boofy on for an anniversary show, uh, but Matt was Matt and Mike Giannini are really the first two people I met at a trade show, and um, we just had quality importers on obviously yep, on yep. Uh, Thursday, so. Um, yeah, so, and we actually didn't interview Matt on the trade show floor, so, um, yeah, Matt will be on, uh, and I'm sure there's gonna be a full slate of hijinks. Uh, the only thing is Bear's doing that show with me, and he usually takes it easy when Bear's doing the show. Bear takes it easy, or Matt takes it easy? Matt takes it easy. Matt takes it easy on it. With Bear, for whatever reason, he doesn't, he doesn't go after Bear. He, he's, I don't know what the reason is, but, you know. I think because he knows Bear is too good, and he just won't let him through that layer, and Bear keeps it on point because Bear is a true professional, and Coop just yeah. goes, oh, Jesus, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and Bear's like, let's stick to the show. Come on, let's let's get back on track here. Now, in yeah. 1987, um, you were in the third grade, um, and he you know, he keeps it going because yeah. Bear is yeah. a professional. Yeah. So I will be back. I, I'm making a quick trip to Florida. I will be back for that show. In oh, gee, I wonder so. where you're going. In Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're going to Florida, yeah. <laughs> Not going to Orlando. <laughs> uh, no. Well, I'm, I'm going to my Disney World. Uh, cause Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is it 305? Yeah, I think it's the 305. The 305, yeah. That, that's, uh... <laughs> well, I'm looking at all the comments. Oh, and... Everyone's here tonight. I just want to say thank you to everyone yeah. who's with us tonight watching. Uh, sorry, yeah. Coop, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, first of all, uh, great to do the show with Kevin um, finally, so I'm glad. But I know when Kevin first came on, you guys were guessing how many times I went to Florida, and you guys got it right. It was six. Oh, I, wow, uh, shit. You guys had the, wow, you guys I was had just going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> you had the number correct, yeah. Oh, damn. So this is seven. 
So I don't know. Do you think we'll hit double digits this year? <laughs> um, there, there's at least one more trip this year. I'm gonna have so it will be close. I don't know if we'll hit ten, but uh, I know we'll hit eight. So what's the uh, most you've been to Miami in one year? This is probably when, probably this is gonna hit it now. I don't think I've gone more than seven in a year. This is definitely gonna be it this year. That's a lot of train. You drive it every time, Coop. No, I'm, and this time I'm actually flying. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't drive it. I think uh, I flew twice this year for it. So, but I've driven it uh, the other times. Wow. That's uh, that's some commitment there. I have to say. Yep. Yep. Gentlemen, what are we but smoking today? <laughs> um, I'm Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. This is a cigar I have not had. This is the Lampert uh, 1675 Murado, they call this. This is their Maduro. Um, so this is the purple label that they have. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been pretty impressed with the, I've been pretty impressed with the Lampert cigars. So uh, this is, but this one I had not had. I got a chance to meet uh, Dr. Lampert at the trade show. Very nice guy. So uh, I'm excited to smoke this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Rojo. That's a yeah. That's, I, I, that's I, one of my one of my favorite favorite. Which I had a Caribbean. I actually that's where I was, uh, got it for the first time. Was a Caribbean. Yep. I am uh, Kevin. What are you smoking? I am smoking the uh, the diesel diesel vintage. Oh. So this is a this is my first time first time with this one too. So oh, got some it? at the trade show. So so far so good. It's actually really yeah, tasty. I wonder if Thanks, I have Justin, any in the bag. Sample. Yeah, thanks, Justin, for my sample of that one, by the way. That's my yeah, it's, uh, we're off to a tasty start. Yeah, I have uh, I have the uh, trade show bag next to me that I've been slowly but surely working on the last month. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll get to it. Um, right now I'm smoking the Agonorsa Leaf Anniversario Maduro, um, which is really good. Really, really good. Um, yeah. Dan Thompson. Are those uniforms? Nah. We just they had a theme. No, I don't... He also team. said. He also said earlier, which I thought was funny. He said, "I'm just seeing if anyone reads the comments." <laughs> oh yeah, they read them. I do. At least I do. I don't know about anybody else, but. You know, I will say though, we're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. We definitely have to send, you know, well wishes and and uh, you know, blessings to the people in Hawaii that are suffering from this wildfires down there. That is just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. What's happened? Yeah, that's very. That's very true. Um, it's it's it, it's very. You know, we've seen fires in Canada, you know, Mitchell's home country, uh, now Hawaii. Uh, there was there was some fires in your neck of the woods, wasn't there? Not too long ago, Nevada. Yeah, we had we had one. It was like right on the border of of California and Nevada. It was it was in the desert, so it wasn't it didn't really distort distort any properties or anything like that. Uh, okay. Um, did do some, did do some damage to some Joshua trees, but aside from oh. that, it just it burn trees and brush basically hmm. yeah i was out in california two years ago like this month and they were having the wildfires out there and i, I had that first time i got to see the ash go on my car my rental car which was so i'd never seen it, but the fires were raging out there now the the fires in hawaii i i don't know a lot about them but were any of those started because of any like the volcanoes? I thought for some reason I did like there was a volcano eruption that led to fire. I don't know. I don't. I don't think this one did. Um, and someone could correct me, but see, Hawaii is kind of like we think of this that 
tropical and everything, but a lot of those islands, there's a there's a rainy, wet side and there's a dry side. Okay. And I think this one started on it was Maui on the drier side. But someone could correct. I don't think this was volcano induced. This one, but if, if I'm wrong, let me know. I don't think it was either. I just know that the the, the incoming storms and whatnot is is why it got so bad. I mean, it just you know the high winds just spread the fire like unreal, which is why it got out of <clears throat> excuse me, which is why it got out of control and just burned up so much. Do you need some water over there, Kevin? Jesus. I am good. He's getting nervous over there. Look at him. He's like, oh, it's only like my third time on the show. Uh, I don't know. He well, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, this is my first time live with Coop, so, you know. Oh, no You're good. Let me tell you something. When you get to be on the interviewee side, not that we interview anyone on this show, but, like, when you're on the same side as Coop on a show, let me tell you, it, it, your hair on the back of your neck stands up. You feel it. This is, it's a big deal, you know. I'm used to yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know th- there's a big story we got to talk about before we get into our stuff tonight. Look, look, at, look at Coop trying to get away from the ball busting. He, he can't wait to get into this tonight. I can tell. He's, he's been thinking about this all day. <laughs> All right, Coop. Go All right. Ahead. Lead us in. Okay. So, you know, there was there was Cheesecake Gate, right? Oh, fuck. Cheesecake Gate Juniors, right? Oh, and oh then no. There was, what happened then now? There was, then, then there was Costco. Then there was Costco. Okay. The, the hot, uh, hot dog, okay. You, you were right on hot dog with the pizza. But what did you do to your poor wife? With this blue cheese, you know, I, I, honestly, I, 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 you know, this this is your opportunity to explain it here. What did you, you know? Do? I ignored that post because it was so much more dramatic than it really was. I mean, I was I've been out. Sitting on this all day, so. I was out with a friend when it happened. I came home and she was giggling. I'm like, okay, so like it's not really the end of the world. Like, and everyone like Kevin's calling me. He's like, bro, you're all right, and I'm like. Well, fine. <laughs> well, I was really worried. I mean, I texted him. He doesn't answer me, so I'm like, well, maybe she did. I was bi- I was oh, with no. a friend. I, you know, I was I was out. I was just busy. I, was, I wasn't paying attention. So you, you, well, well, okay. Did you bring her the chicken wings and the blue cheese? How did this all? No, we went to Cheesecake Factory um, because there's one close by, and she was really in the mood to go there. And I said, okay, let's go. And okay, I get out of work earlier than most people do, just because of. The nature of my job, right? So I have the, almost the whole afternoon yesterday. So I'm like, yeah, let's. I'll take a shower. We'll drive over there. We went. We had a nice little like late, late lunch, early, early dinner. Okay. And uh, you know, she was already wiped out for the day, so we went home. But when we go to eat, a lot of times we order a little heavy, so that way we have leftovers to eat. Especially when we eat at a time like that, right. we'll order a little heavy, and then we'll eat the rest as like a lazy dinner later, right? So. We ordered a little heavy, and on the buffalo chicken fingers she ordered, she ate one, I ate one, and then she's like, I'm going to save these for later. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, all right. So um, we were boxing it all up, and, you know, they bring you the blue cheese and the little glass thing. Well, I took yeah. their little glass thing, and I know people are going to be like, oh, how dare you? I took their little glass thing, and I just put it right in the container. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just going to put it in here. Let's so you stole it. Well, you know, it's they got hundreds of them. I'm just like, whatever. So I was just trying to get us out of there because I knew she was ready to go home. I mean, right. she's pregnant. You know, I'm like, let's wrap this right. up and get out of here. So I put it in there, and we took my Mustang. For those who don't know, I have a Mustang. Uh, very quick one. It's not stock by any means. And um, <laughs> so I was, whip- I was whipping through the streets of uh, Newton, and uh, – <laughs> And uh, I get home. The bags are toppled over. I didn't think anything of it. And she didn't think anything of it. And we threw them in the refrigerator. And we went in the house. And she got into bed. And I took a shower, 
Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't take a shower. I grabbed my shit and I went out for a couple hours. And while I'm out, I get this text message. Oh my god, I'm low key mad at you. And I'm like, what did I do now? And then she's like, <laughs> by the way, that blue cheese <laughs> spilled all over the chicken fingers, and now I can't even eat it. And I'm like, I don't even know why this is a big deal because she loves blue cheese. <laughs> Like, lots of blue cheese. So I just figured, like, this is just, like, the best of both worlds for her. But now, apparently, it's, like, too much. And she's like, I couldn't even eat them. I threw them away. I'm like, what? I'm like, you, you like, there's no way you could have salvaged that. Like, she loves blue cheese. And they're a little on the spicier side. Yeah, but you can't heat up blue cheese. You I mean, can't heat up the blue cheese. Right, yeah. She eats so everything you fucking cold anyway. Come downstairs. Yeah, she she put a cold pizza they, out of Oh, I'm hungry. You know what I have? See, here's the... They have cups where you could get the cups and you could put a little lid on it. You know that, right? That you could have. Yeah, I, I know. I was just gonna say that. I know they do. If he wasn't an asshole, if he wasn't an asshole and stole the little, like the little ceramic cup, then would have got a little snapwood thing. But... It would have been good. But... <laughs> you know, you guys, you guys haven't had, you guys haven't had a pregnant wife in a long time. So apparently, you guys forgot. Like when she's like, "I'm ready to go home." It's like, let's get this show on the road. Um, I, I get. <laughs> so I was just even thinking. She goes, you know, you you were too lazy to ask for a cup. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just didn't even think of it. I was just trying to pack <laughs> our shit so we could go. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? I probably should ask for a little cup. And I also probably be like, can I get an extra one too? So she's got more. But I was just like, let's get out of here. Like she was already tired, you know. <sighs> what, did what you, you, did you get cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory at least? I did. Okay, good. Okay. What kind of cheesecake? It's irrelevant. I don't let people know. I, I, you know, when it comes to cheesecake, I, I'm going to exercise my Fifth Amendment right because I'm not going to deal with any more cheesecake nonsense. <laughs> so I exercise my Fifth Amendment. Well, right. nonsense. It wasn't. It was nonsense until Barry Stein said it to you. I say it to you, it didn't mean nothing. Barry Stein says it to you. It's like, oh man, this must have been a really good cheesecake. I'm like, uh. hey, as long as you don't put ketchup on it, you're good. Right. Right. Exactly. I actually had a cheesecake that I've actually never had from there, and. I decided to go. With... It's a factory. Yeah, you should try it. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a factory like Tabacalaria Fuente Sia. Um, they bring it out frozen. and They put it on a platter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> settle down here with that factory. Um, they uh, no, I actually I had I had a flavor that I actually have never had before, um, and I'm surprised I didn't go for it. And uh, I had it because we talk about this. And this will make sense in a second. Well, we talk about this kind of s flavored, branded thing a lot. I had the Cinnabon cheesecake, and I was like, shit, you know, I love Cinnabon. We're always talking about going to Cinnabon when we travel and whatnot. I'm like, I got to try the Cinnabon cheesecake. I've never had it. And it was good. I will say, though, it was one of the first times I had a cheesecake where I got halfway through, and I'm like, this is just too rich for me to finish the whole thing. And the other half I actually still have in my fridge, um, which I'll probably finish later tonight. But it was very good, but it was very rich. Uh, having said that, obviously most people know about the Cheesecake Factory. Honestly, I like the Oreo. I like the tuxedo. Um, but honestly, I like the I like the, cla I like the classic cla and the original is how I go with classic that with strawberry. Out. Yeah, like you can't. I mean, it, it's hard to fuck up something so simple, and it really it is. is. It's good. It yeah. is. I mean, just plain old classic cheesecake with the with the fruit topping is hard to beat. I mean, there are some uh, of those uh, ones like the tuxedo. I agree, Matt. That thing is like that. That's a banging yeah. slice of cheesecake. But that's a good one. And the Oreo I mean, one because I I'm obsessed with Oreos. So like that Oreo one with uh, like the Oreos in the middle yeah. of the, in the layer that is delicious. 
I have not had. I've had. I've not had that. I know they have that Cinnabon one. I've had the salted caramel one. Oh, that's usually. I've had that one. one. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. You know, when I saw on the way out, and I was like, I gotta get that sometime. And like you know, half of these flavors, I look at, I'm like, how have I not had this? I've been here. I've, I've, I've there been you go. Factory. You're too lazy to ask. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Nicole. Fucking, you know, new people. I had salted. <laughs> I had. A, I had some. I had a, salt, a piece of salted caramel cheesecake from a, a place here in Vegas called Citizen, and I mean it was it was outstanding. And I mean it was like a three pound piece of cheesecake. Never seen one that big before. Yeah, and that's that three pounds said. of cheesecake is like really you know. There's a lot more coming out about this story here, Matt. Like Nicole was in the bathroom. You were unsupervised. You clearly acted on your. Well, she was in the bathroom. She wasn't rushing you out here. I mean, there's a, there's something happening here. But... You know, Coop, we're at 39 weeks. All right. Um, <laughs> you get to a point where you learn, like, like, <laughs> you know, you just have to just do shit sometimes without thinking. And sometimes you make mistakes. But you know what? Okay. You, you know, the first trimester, it was like there was no baby at all. Second trimester, it was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You get to the beginning of the third, you're like, all right, this is this is really happening. And then you get to the end, and you're like... Let's wrap this fucker up. Like, you know, like, let's just move on to the next pot. Like, I'm ready to be tired all the time because this is just insanity. Um, you know, it's like living on the edge all the time. At any moment, it's like, oh, it's time to go. Drop what we're doing. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you learn to be kind of like, don't ask questions and just do it. Like, right, by the time right. you get to this point. So that's that's my, you know, that's my excuse. Um, that's what I got. You know, if this was a trial, I'd say, look, you know, um, I made a mistake. But, you know. <laughs> I just, I was just trying to, just trying to get shit done. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you know, I see, I see my beautiful wife Barbara here taking shots and says, "Never leave a man unsupervised." I don't know if I should be hurt by that or laugh at it. I don't. I mean, she's. I mean, I guess she's not wrong. You know, because yeah. how many times do we get in trouble when Kevin, we're left unsupervised, right? Kevin, at your age, uh, and that's not a knock, but I'm, I'm, that's a. a appreciation of your life experience uh -huh. although a little bit disappointed at your experience at this point in your life you should know by now that it doesn't matter what we do okay the women are going to stick together all right so oh, your of wife course. and my wife are against both of us right now you did nothing you did nothing but you're already like yeah, a, yeah i got ro i got roped yeah i got roped into your chicken wing scandal somehow and i didn't even do anything yeah because you open your mouth <laughs> and now all of a sudden oh 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 He's on that side. It's like, okay, that's it. You know, just like, hey, before the show. So if anyone has noticed, because I'm going to bring this up, um, um, because I want to get this out of the way. Um, you know, the uh, Kevin, if he raises up his other hand, you'll see it's all bandaged because he had a little incident. And uh, he cut his finger with one of these. La fin lam. That's how you say it. La fin lam. All right. Not less finis lamus. It's la fin lam. You've probably seen these before. Beautiful knife, uh, knife cutters. They're made in France. They're beautiful, a little pricey, but they're pretty cool. They're nice. We got some of these from the trade show. Kevin was farting around with his, wasn't paying attention, um, and he cut his hand open. Pretty good, as you can tell. Probably yeah, ended up. Ouch. Damn, and his if wife, you use if you use one of these, don't watch TV while you're cutting. And his wife, right. I heard her say in the background when we were on the phone earlier, because I was like, "Man, what happened?" And he was, and she's, I believe she said something along. The lines of, well, that's because he was stupid. And I was like, well, I mean, there you go. <laughs> so, 
So I mean, you know, I like, like I said, Kevin, it's it's us against them. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> hey, but you know what though? It was just like if you fall off your bicycle or something like that. I got right back on and cut another cigar with it right away. You know, I mean, shit happens and you move on. That's just true. Yeah. Keep your keep your finger out of the way of the blade. Now the one of the th- yeah, see right here. Um, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I know. I told you. She said he was stupid. Um, now. One of the things I will tell you while we're on this topic, really quick, on a serious note, if you've ever seen one of these, or if you've ever, if you've ever used one, uh, if you don't read the instructions like me, um, <laughs> Kevin. Why did the, I guess that? <laughs> Kevin read the inst- This one's actually a little loose. I think I have to tighten it up. Uh, Kevin, you know, is over fifty, and older people like to read, so he actually took the time to read the instructions. Um, but I actually found this out at the trade show from uh, Fabian, who works for La Filam. And um, the, one of the things about this that I think is the, everyone needs to know, if you use one, you, there, is, there is one direction that you can cut it with. Not, you can't cut it like both ways. There's only one direction you cut it. If you cut it the wrong way, it'll crunch and crush your cigar. If you cut it the correct way, it's actually a phenomenal cut. You always want to cut it. I don't want to hold it up to, too close to the camera because it'll out of focus me and I don't want to have to get up. But if you if you look on the blade, there is let me see if I can there is like a like a laser etching of the logo, and on the other side there's not. So you always want to cut the cigar with the etching on the blade towards you. So if you're holding the cigar like this, you want it you know you want it like towards the cap like this. That's how you want to cut it. If you cut it the other way, you'll almost obliterate the top of your cigar because i remember when i first got it i cut like three cigars it. i was like what the fuck is this like it just destroys all the cigars and i said that i go so like what's going on here I can't, and they're like you got to cut it like a certain way because of the bevel on the blade so on one side it has a beveled edge and the other side it's a straight edge so you want to make sure that you cut with the straight edge side towards the cigar so that you get a clean cut every time too much and if you and if you run your finger down the down the outside of the blade, you can actually feel the bevel. I mean, mine is a little bit easy because I have like mine has a has a farm scene on one side and then the logo on the other, so it's easy to see which one is which. So right, uh, I'll stick to Zykar XI. You know, it's funny. I always, always, always use my Zykar XO. I've had it for years, and I well, brag well, about well, how it's been all over the world with me. And I recently took it somewhere, and I can't fucking find it. And I don't know where I left it. And I'm really upset because that's, you know, it's not even no, that it's an expensive cutter. It's just I've it's a great cutter, and I've had it with me for so long, and then like, I lose it somehow, and I don't know where. But anyway. Yeah, those are really good cutters for people, sure. People didn't tune in to hear about my piddly-ass problems. They tuned in to hear... Coop try to you know take my wife's side even though he forgot that I didn't I just asked I asked the questions as a journalist right and you answered them and now I'm seeing a lot of other things happen here like you you said you were in a rush he was in the bathroom Coop you know there's a big I've known you long enough so wait 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 wait. did you ask did you ask questions as a journalist or did you ask leading questions like a prosecutor yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly 
That's what I was going to say. You know, I've known Coop long enough. He, he does this thing. He does this thing where he starts off this, oh, it's all, all innocent. But he's asking questions and asking them in a way where it's going to lead to trouble. And he plays the, oh, I was just asking questions. It's like, yeah, but you knew exactly what and how to ask those questions. I, I didn't. You walked, in, you walked into this thing. Not me. You, you decided to embellish this story. I, you were in a rush to get out of that. And Nicole said she was in the bathroom. Okay, so I you were in a rush there. It's like the Junior's Cheesecake thing all over again. That was different because the Junior's Cheesecake was a just a lack of knowledge on your end. I'll, I'll give you that. You didn't know about I it. I didn't know. Cut me some yeah, slack. Yeah. You should be I'll, I'll you should be you giving this. me more shit on this because I actually just was being stupid on this one. Junior's this, Cheesecake, I didn't this, even this, know. This was a bad one. And then, you know, putting it in the back of your Mustang and doing, like, sharp turns is not exactly – with, with your wife in the car on top of that, you're doing these, you know – you should be nice and you should be driving gentle at that point. She wanted to go for a ride in it. And I'm like, there's only one way we drive this car. So, I mean, that's it. Kevin will tell you. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. If you're going to drive that, you have to drive it fast. You know, it's not like one of them, you know, V6 Deluxe Specials. I Don mean. who? Don who? Don who? Don who? Don who? Don who? Well, it was a big joke. Don who? Don, Don who? who? I'm not Don old who? enough for yeah. that one. And I'm usually pretty uh, good at that stuff. Don, you know when I when I when we did go to Hawaii, Don Ho died a month earlier because I really wanted to go see Don Ho. So uh, yeah, Don Ho had passed, and he was still performing like right up until he died. So legend. No wait, here we go. Here, here's Bear. No wait, the Beach Boys. Mm, I like that. That's good. I like that. Yeah, just don't make Matthew sing. I'll be quiet. You know, like like you could do any better. I, <laughs> hey, I not the one that was singing before, so that wasn't a real serious yeah. thing. That was like my. You could try dancing. You could maybe try dancing. You better at that, maybe. Uh, <sighs> no. I yeah, no. That. I don't do that. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't do dance. You know, it's funny. I was in the Dominican last year, and um, you know, I was with Carlito, and we went to a we went to a, a thing. And people, you know, it's in the Dominican, they're playing the, the music, and everyone's dancing, whatever. And he kept looking at me and Nicole, like, hey, and Nicole's like, I'm not dancing, like, if there's a gun to my head. And I'm like, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to just go out there by myself. And he kept looking at us, like, like he thought, like, we were, and, I was, and he was like, are you all right? I'm like, no, we're great. Like, Nicole does not dance, like, at all. And he was like, really? And he, like, he, like, pulled her up, and he started to try to get her to dance. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe this was like, all right. And she's like, no. And I'm like. Well, we tried. <laughs> um, no, dancing is not definitely one thing we don't do. Um, well, unless very intoxicated. That's a different story. And it's a I'm usually the, yeah, I'm usually the guy over by the bar and watching everyone dance. That's usually, not that I drink a lot. I have the Diet Coke, but, yeah, I'm not oh. the guy on the – like, I, there was a lot of you know, nightclubs and stuff I'd go to when I was younger, and I was not on a dance floor, believe me. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me <clears> – <throat> It's, eh, I don't know. It takes a lot to get me to get to to do that, you know. <coughs> We've been reading Coop's body language for a while. When the fingers from both his hands point at the camera, watch out, mischief ahead, Dan Thompson. No, I think this was probably it, but we'll say no. I I don't. This was that's the only thing I had. It's not mischief. I just I had questions that all of us had about oh, the blue cheese incident. <laughs> These What's are the up, questions Hickey, that I, people. <laughs> 
Bear's got him. Bear just, you know, he's. What did I tell you? What did I tell you at the beginning of the show? When you're like, you know, when Bear is running the show, Matt doesn't fuck around. And I go, yeah, because Bear yeah. is a professional. And look at this. Bear, Bear is a professional in the comments, too. He's got all the jokes, and they're good ones, too. Look at that. See? Alan, Alan Rubin, watch out. <laughs> I know. Bear Duplissy, <laughs> you know, Bear Duplissy, you know, he doesn't comment a lot. But when he comments on a show, like, it's fucking gold. The I'll give you, you know, he, he's not one of these guys that just pumps comments, you know, comment, 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 comment. He'll comment five times, but those five comments are money. You know, I got to give that to Bear. You know, he he's a professional. Professional move. What can I say? I love the guy. Uh, here we go. Now here's Alan Rubin. I picture Coop being like Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he did you dirty, Coop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to take that down. <laughs> 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 Coop didn't even say it. That's how you know he's pissed. Sorry. I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> he got his comment. Alan Rubin got his one comment in for tonight that you'll put up. <laughs> Oh man, oh man! You, are, you just... I fucking love this show. I really. Actually, do. I wasn't. Shot, so, just, you know, I wasn't. Saturday Night Fever, by the way, is my all-time one of my all-time favorite movies. It's one of the few movies I will watch. Believe it or not, I was Joey. I wasn't Travolta. I was Joey. Joey wasn't the guy on the dance floor. Joey was the guy hanging out at the table, uh, while you know Travolta was doing his thing on the dance floor. I, I was Joey. I tell people, Joey. Okay. Okay. Joey was was Travolta's right hand man, you know. Yeah. So. Mhm. Mhm. I'm reading Bear's comment. Sorry. Look, if I'm going through the trouble of having someone hold my coffee, the burn is going to sting. Yeah. Professional. Yep. His name should be Bear Duplissy. Professional. By the way, this uh, our our our, our Bear Duplissy. I gotta just say again, he. Knocked it out of the park at PCA this year. It really did. Um, he he did all of our interviews this year, uh, except for like one or two, and uh, that was because he needed a break. But uh, I tell you, it was gold. I mean, so we're still putting our we're still putting videos out. We're getting towards the end now, but uh, yeah, I got to just give a shout out to Bear on that. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, you know, I, I see you guys roam around the trade show floor. You know. Um, I, I see Bear in action myself. I have to say, you know, he puts in a lot of work, and yeah, most of the time uh, he's a professional. He's a professional, and usually yeah. by the end of day three, um, his voice is starting to go if it hasn't gone yet, and uh, he, uh, yeah, that's just a, it shows. I mean, he, he's he's got the commitment there, you know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you guys did a very good job as well, uh, Kevin. I think you, you know I saw uh, you and Mitchell out there, and, and uh, you guys did really really well. Um, I think the thing is, it's, I think it's hard doing those interviews on the trade show floor. I don't like doing them. The Bear's really good at them. Uh, it's tough. You have to do like a lot of reading, reacting for each situation. So uh, yeah, my hats off to you guys. Uh, I think it was a good year for for for, for uh, a lot of the. T there was, I think, there was a in a smaller group that was better quality this year, but I think overall it it wasn't as good this year as if, if, the, if I put it that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I like what we all did here, I think, but and there were a couple of other folks that did good, but then there was just some other stuff I just didn't understand what was going on. So, Yeah. Um, I won't mention the names because I know you don't want me to. No, it's not, no I, don't think, I don't think we need to do that. It's just, no. and, and when I say it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not saying it was bad. It's just some of it wasn't my cup of tea. 
uh, with it. And that's, that's that's just my thing, yeah. Yeah, I get it, you know. And, you know, everyone kind of does something different. And some of it's good, mm-hmm. some of it's not. But Some of it's not, yeah, exactly. It's the nature of the game. Yeah. It was, um, a, it was a really fun experience for me. Is, I mean, you know, I've been around the trade show for, what, four years now? Five, this is yep. what, my fourth or fifth. And, you know, I've worked both sides of it. And this was really my first first time to really do a deep dive into the media side of it so some mistakes were made a lot was learned i had a lot of fun you know got to talk to a lot of people and and uh you know looking forward to the next one yeah no i uh i i think uh you know it's it's interesting when you take both sides that uh one of my former broadcast partners nick series of lh cigars he decided to go to the trade show as media with uh, the Simply Stogies crew, and he had a very similar type of experience being on a different side this year, he told me. So, and I, you know, I think that's kind of a different – it's fun to have that different perspective. Yeah, I mean, this was – I think this was probably one of the best tra- – This, first of all, this was the best trade show Smoking Tobacco ever did, but I think that it was one of the best trade shows for a lot of people. Um, it just – you know, I talked to a lot of people who have been critics of the trade show um, and have had a lot of – I don't want to say negative things to say, but, you know, negative things to say um, that I asked at the show. I'm like, hey, so what do you think of the show? And they're like, you know what? Pretty good. And I'm like, really? It's they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah this it, is pretty good. So, um, you know, the big problem they had this year was day four. Uh, they're going to fix that. Uh, I know we talked to Nauseam about that, but that is something they unfortunately have to fix it. it it's you can't have a trade show dead that last day. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are going to fix that. Um, but I think that was, if I had to say the biggest black mark was that day four, in my opinion, uh, because it's no fun when the trade show is kind of like that. So they're going to fix it and we'll see how it works. Um, you yeah, know. it was, it Every, was empty. I mean, probably even more so than the year prior, I think on the last day. There were a couple of pockets that we saw that were busy. Like, for example, we were at Nick Malo. We had, we had Nick Malo the last day and there was a, it was a, that was a crowded booth. Uh, I actually, the front of the trade show seemed kind of crowded the last day. Saka's booth, I was also over there. It was crowded. But the back of the trade show was empty. I mean, uh, I, right. when we were back at the La Aurora booth. I thought they, I thought basically the, uh, the equipment was going to come in and start pulling stuff out. It was that empty. So <clears throat> when the show ended on, on um, Tuesday, um, right at the end, Kevin and Barbara had to take Mitchell to the airport, and the uh, the other Matt had to go back to the hotel room. And so I actually stayed behind while they were breaking down, and I think I walked out of there. I mean, all the all, all the exterior doors were open, carpet was half the carpet was already up, booths were already yeah, like, I've done dismantled. I've, we do that too. Yeah, we were and doing the same thing. I gotta say, man, like that, you know, man, they they break that shit down fast oh yeah they turn it quick because you got to get ready for the next one you know that's money for the for the convention center it's crazy how fast those guys work oh man it is so sad to see it because it's like they're taking down a city yeah yeah they're eliminating it randy day four is gone next year yeah Uh, day four is gone gone. three days four is gone three day show now can't you can't fault the pca on this one they tried for many years to get this people to go uh, as much as I think it's going to suck for media, um, that's you can't blame them on this one. You really can't. I, I understand it. Yeah. That we'll new? just have less coverage. We're going to have less cover. It will be less coverage next year. That's all it's going to be. I, I don't know what yeah. else I can do. 
Nothing's gonna just be able as to a whole, yet. I think for everybody, it's going to be good because I mean the added expense for all the you know all the the vendors, oh, all the manufacturers, everybody that's there. You know, you have a whole yeah. like, day less to have to spend to be yeah. there. So, sorry, yep. I got distracted. Nicole came out. I won't. I won't get into the details. But what did you do now? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Was, we won't get into. There was nothing wrong. Trust me. Um. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. She's just really got that pregnancy glow going on, and it was nice. Um, That's good. That's yeah. wonderful. Uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so, I forget. What were we talking about? <laughs> Matt, why is your face all red? Mind your own business. You, he you? did, he did, he <laughs> did, so, he did something. He, you know he did something. Again, I didn't so. do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> It wasn't me. Um, anyway. By the way, this Lampert cigar is excellent. I, I, this is really good. This is probably the best one I've had. This is that Murado. Yeah. This is a great yeah, cigar. I've got, I've got one to smoke. I have not lit that yet, so I'm going to This is impressive. This, this is the best one I've had. This is a really good cigar. Yeah. Well, I noticed that they were also releasing their uh, rum into the U.S. I don't think it's getting a widespread release, for, but they're bringing it here. and I, I'd be curious to see yeah. if the rum stands up, too. Yeah, the rum is I, good. I, 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 they had it um, the first year they were at the trade show. He actually brought it. They had an event at uh, one of the lounges here in town, and he actually brought bottles of rum to sample. And it's actually it's it's good. I mean, it's it's from Panama, and it's just it's a really good aged rum. Yeah, I've gotten into rums in the last few years. Um, some of my favorites being. Um, I like the Bamboo XO from Barbados. I like um, the Brugal Leyenda, which I know a lot of people know. Uh, the Zacapa 23, which is also from... No, that's from Guatemala, I believe. It's from Guatemala, um, which is a, a really good one. Um, you know who has a great rum? Is uh, the rum that La Aurora's got going on. Really good. It's yeah. really good, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, had a, uh, I may or may not know... A um a big Miami Heat fan who gave me several samples of that at the trade show and it was fucking delicious. Um <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> the middle of day three I was feeling pretty 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 good. Um, fix, fix, fix. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a big fan of the Florida Kanye twelve and eighteen. Florida Kanye is I think the only rum that I probably should try just I just haven't gotten to yet. Oh, also I like the um the Cuban Havana Club uh 7 años. Uh, yeah, I like Santiago one. from Cuba. The Santiago rum is really good from Cuba. Yeah. Oh, will... Caniche from Panama is really good. I will say, you know, Cuban cigars like you know, people and people ask all of us all the time, especially people who are not as into cigars as us, you know, like, "Oh, Cuban cigars." Look, most people know how we feel about Cuban cigars. Like, it is what it is. And I'm not going to get into that discussion. But what I will say is the Cubans can still make some good rum. I mean, they, they have some good rum um, that I do enjoy, and um, it, it's it's pretty good. But, yeah, Cuban cigars, not so much. Um, just not what they used to be. But they still make good rum. Oh, Randy, good call. Uh, I actually have had this rum, and I really enjoy it. The Diplomatico. Mm -hmm. Diplomatico is, is actually I, – I, I, it's been a while since I've had that, but I remember grabbing a bottle of that one time, and that one was actually really good as well. 
Um, that is a good call. I forgot about that one. That is a really great rum. Um, yeah, rum is it's like I've always been a bourbon guy. Well, I shouldn't say always, but for the last several years, I've been a bourbon guy. That's my primary spirit of choice. I don't really get into scotch. I don't really drink Jack Daniels whiskey or Jim Beam. Um, I, I most well, those are for mixing. Yeah, but um, you know, I I I'll drink like a lot of bourbons, especially like Buffalo Trace, Heaven Hill. Um, shit like that. Um, but and tequila, I like tequila, and I really enjoy tequilas. And I was really exploring tequilas. And I got that influence from act from Kurt Kendall actually, because he's a big tequila guy. And I really enjoy the way tequila tastes. The problem is that I don't know what it is, but and I've tried to find solutions. There's nothing works. But once I start drinking tequila, I get a massive headache, and it is and it's it's intense and it just doesn't go away. And it's not like not being dehydrated. Not, like, no, like I can drink any other liquor and be fine. It's just tequila, it always bothers me. It doesn't sit right with me, but I enjoy the way it tastes. It's such a shame because now I just don't feel like drinking tequila now because I'm like, eh, I don't feel like feeling like shit. But I love the way it tastes. Um, so after I kind of got away from tequila, I started really getting into rums, and um, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, I got to be in the mood for, for rum. It's like I'm kind of like you. I'm a I'm a bourbon guy, and I like you know the higher proof stuff. And a lot of the rums are just there's a lot of. I think Kevin froze. Looks like he froze. Oh shit, we lost Kevin. Sorry, I'll be back in a second. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my that's my um, my spiel on spirits. And Coop, I know you don't drink a lot, so I know you probably don't have. I'm on. I, I yeah, I have a I have a collection of stuff, but yeah, I don't drink a lot of it. I will say, while we're on the topic, and it's too bad Kevin froze because he could definitely jump in here. Um, another spirit, and this has nothing to do with my personal feelings on this person's brand, but it'll speak for itself, so take it or leave it. But I'm not a gin guy. I don't really do gin. You know, it's not my thing. But Matt Booth makes a great gin. That yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm in the same boat. I'm not a gin guy, but that is that is gin. If you are not a gin person, oh, 100 percent. I've turned so many people onto that, and I'm like, you gotta. And like, I don't do gin. I go, forget everything you know about gin and just try this. And yeah. about seven out of ten people were like, holy shit, what is this? And I'm like, it's just good. Yep. It's a higher proof for a gin too. It's like 94 proof. Uh, but it's, it's good. It's good, and it's great. It's great right on the rocks too. Like I, I drink it straight on ice because it's it's that good. It, like people are like, oh, you're drinking gin. like it's a gin you can drink just straight out on the rocks. You don't need to mix it. It's great in like a yep. Negroni or whatever, but like straight on the rocks, mm -hmm. it's delicious. Yep. Delicious. Very. It's very good. I agree. It's on the rocks, smooth. Is the way. Oh. that's what surprised me about it. Yeah. It doesn't have that real strong uh, taste to it, you know. It's it's not strong on the um, some of the botanicals. It's and I believe it's vodka based, if I remember correctly. It's it's vodka based. Um, so yeah, it's very smooth, very nice, very nice stuff. You should definitely check it out. I don't know what happened to Kevin, but he hasn't even called back in yet. I don't know. He might be. He might have lost his connection. So yeah, I don't know what's going on out there in Vegas. So we'll keep going. 
We'll keep, keep going. going. Yep. We'll get. We'll, we'll get them back. We'll get them. We'll get them. Uh, I, I, our next order of business was to get into the FDA thing. Uh, I feel bad, kind of like leaving Kevin out of that though. So, let me delay. Let me delay for like, um, a few minutes just to give him a chance to get back in here. Um, okay. I will highlight and say, you know, on the smoking tobacco show this week, we did have a pretty unique guest. Um, although it was a, it was a good show. Um, it was a little. It wasn't exactly what I had hoped for, uh, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, it didn't go in deep as I wanted to go. Uh, but we had uh, Joseph Canascoli, who played Vito Spettafore on The Sopranos, for those uh, who have seen The Sopranos, which most people have, and if you haven't, you, you should. It's the greatest show of all time. Um, and it's, no, yeah, that is absolutely it's the greatest show of all time, yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I don't want to hear about the, fucking Game of Thrones, like the Sopranos. <laughs> Sopranos. Uh, freaking Wizards, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not watching Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's so nice to hear you say that because everybody I know always cries about Game of Thrones. And look, it's not look, even, it's not even close. I did not watch the whole show. I watched some of the show. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me, and I moved on. Which you know, to most people, That's... with anything you do, hey, I tried something and I didn't like it. I moved on. Okay, cool. You tell people that about Game of Thrones, and they don't shut the fuck up. It's fuck just like, up. oh my god, you gotta watch until season three. It's like I, I don't care. I'm so sick yeah, it was of like someone. Like I, I gave up on Succession this year. It was just unwatchable. It was getting. I, I actually didn't watch how the show ended. I just couldn't. I said, why am I wasting my Sunday nights watching this show? And there's a point. It's just not me. I just said I'm not feeling it, so I don't feel a need. I have to torture myself with it. But that's I'm, okay. It may make someone makes someone else happy. I never watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Well, that makes all three of us then. You know, it's yeah. funny because people give me shit because they're like, "Well, here comes Randy Bush, bro." I don't want to hear it. It's, it wasn't for me. Now, what I will say, you know, what people give me shit about the most is when they find out that I also. Nerd alert, I really like Lord of the Rings. And they're like, well, if you like Lord of the Rings, I'm like, it's a different fucking story. Like, <laughs> go away. Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad. Okay. Yep. Game of Thrones just was not my jam. But the Sopranos, and, you know, and Joe actually made a very good point. You know, when we talked about it, you know, being the status that it has, you know, he was like, look, there was nobody. He goes, there is nobody that cleared out a restaurant at eight o'clock on a Sunday like we did. I mean, we it's yeah, true. He's right. And it was the water cooler show on Monday morning when you when you know, we were all going into an office. It was the water cooler show. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that really literally redefined like that type of series. It really did. Yep. I mean, yep. it was yep. unbelievable the impact that that had on shows further down the road. I can still remember, like clear as day, back in the day when it was f like first airing, um, was it the end of season five leading into season six, or was it the beginning of Right around that time, when Uncle Junior shoots Tony, and he goes through that whole arc, and he's in the hospital, and he's having the flashbacks as Kevin Finnerty, and he's trying to figure out who he is, and all of that. And I remember after that episode where, where Junior shoots Tony, 
everyone just being like, oh my God, oh my God. Like that was like, that was like, I remember that. I remember that being like the discussion with like every person I know was like, oh my God, did you see that episode? Like what's going to happen? Like that was like the talk of the world after that show. Again. I don't know. Oh, any well, other, a, I don't know any other show that had course. that. Yeah, I don't know any other show that had something like that. Even with the Game of Thrones people, like, I know I don't watch the show, but, like, you know, I mean, that was, like, one of those moments from that show where it was, that was all I heard. Um, I still remember that all these years later, and that was, like, what, 17 years ago? Um, yeah. I mean, it, and it, you know, it has that impact. And, it, like, Carney admitted to me this week, he goes, I've actually never seen The Sopranos, and I was like, huh. What a loser. <laughs> I said that to him. I was like, damn, what a loser. <laughs> you're not old enough you're not old enough to remember that the um the uh I guess like I don't know, the T V series Dallas, right? No, I know. That was probably, that was from like before you but I mean that was like the who shot JR moment. Yeah, I mean Yeah, Cole, my commitment to Game of Thrones has been longer and dirty than the we were together. Well, you know. <laughs> She was even questioning why she married you, bro. So I mean, this Game of Thrones thing. I mean, there, I mean, there must be something to it. You know, it's funny. You also have a show that's based on a series of books. Where the show ended, and the books weren't even done yet. So it's like, ah, oh, there's too many holes in this story. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not for me. I mean, you know, it's bad when South Park made fun of it for being having too much nudity. What's going on with Coop over here? He was blacked out. He was all the, frozen. The, ca the, the camera got knocked out. Yeah, so I reconnected. Is it good? Because you look all like... Probably going to take a minute to adjust. You look like one of those Tamagotchi things. There you go. It, it will readjust. You're coming in yeah, there. It will. In there. Yeah. Anyway, that's my show. Yes, but anyway, if you want to see that episode, it's out there. Um, you can check it out. Like I said, I wish we got a little C. more in Barb. depth. But... C. Barb gets it. Who shot JR on Dallas? I mean, that was like... That changed the whole course of that series. So... Yeah. Same thing with the Sopranos. Yep. Oh yeah, it, it definitely did. It, and Dallas was another show. Um, I was in college when that show was on, and Friday nights, everyone gathered around the TV to watch Dallas, and in like the student lounges and everything. It was massive that show. I remember being a kid, and like we would do, we would have like a family gathering for something on a Sunday. Right. And automatically it was like when we were done, it was like, all right, you guys go upstairs. The Sopranos is on. And they would all sit in the living room mm -hmm. on a Sunday night and they'd watch the show. They wouldn't go home. Yep. And like, no, it's we're going to stay here. We're all going to watch the Sopranos. You guys go upstairs. Yep. And they and it was like, no, we can't even leave. Like, we just have to sit down and yep. watch the show. And, you know, man, that's commitment. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate. I've been able to interview three people from The Sopranos. Uh, I've interviewed I interviewed Joe Gascoli about ten years ago um, at the, when he was at PCA, at the, he, and he talked about the Rocky boots on your show. Uh, and then I had a chance to interview Federico Castelluccio, who played Furio. I was a small part of that interview, and then I had a chance to interview Vincent Pastore, uh, who was Big Pussy Bombazaro, uh, which was an, an amazing interview. So uh, you know. I've been very blessed to have that opportunity to, to talk to three characters from that show. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. It's, it is. It uh, is. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Sopranos fan. I mean, that show was huge in my family growing up. Um, you know, I still watch it to this day because I like watching old shows. I don't really get into new stuff anymore. I, I just don't have the time to commit to it. So no, I, like to watch my I actually show. think 
I agree. I think of the three, Furio actually had the best perspective of the show, believe it or not. Um, I think... What's that? Someone's giving me a strong background noise. I don't know who that is. It's gone now? What was that? Was it, was, it... it wasn't me. Yeah, I went on mute and I still heard it. Uh, Kevin, that was is you. It me? Is, is it me? Yeah, it's you. Huh. It's like qui it's quieting down now, but it just all of a sudden it just it took over the entire sound. Sounds like there's a truck coming by or something. No, oh, it's can not you still us. Do you still hear it? It's gone now. Yeah. That's that's weird. Huh? That is it, it, it sounds like it's it, something. It could have been. I sound, it sounds like something with your microphone. Uh, it very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like a lighter flame. Yeah, when you talk, it kind of picks back up, and then when you stop, it goes away. Yeah. That's weird. Almost like a loud fan. Barbara, I am disappointed. Oh, it's a great show. She hadn't seen Star Wars until she came out here with me in Vegas. Kevin, do me a favor, because I'm going to harass both of you until this gets done. Tell your wife to watch The Sopranos, okay? Just please. The, she, the, she, humor, the humor in The Sopranos alone is, is I think, enough. To, so I can understand well, it, being a little violent for people, it's, but yeah. It's, it's a dry humor, too, so it, it really stings. It's great. Yeah. Like yeah. I love, So my favorite episode, and a lot of people agree with me, is season three, episode eleven, Pine Barrens. I love that that's episode. The, that's the, that's the gold standard. I think everyone <laughs> will agree that I, that has to be the greatest episode. I mean, th there's just no, there's just no dull moment. Like, I mean, I, the, the for me, it starts when when Polly and Christopher are walking up to the guy's house and they're in the in the in the hallway, and Polly's telling Christopher about Bay of Pigs and Cuba. And Christopher goes, I saw that movie. That was real? I thought it was bullshit. That was real? I thought it was bullshit. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then and then Paulie delivers one of my all-time favorite lines on the show. He knocks on the door. The, the Russian guy goes, who's is it? And Paulie goes, KGB, open up. Yeah. <laughs> and to this day, like someone will knock on my door when they... When, uh, when someone asks who is it, I'll say oh, when I knock on the door, someone says who is it. I say KGB. Like, and then they're when they're in the when they're in the woods, and they find the van, and they're like, oh, there's some ketchup packets in here. It's relish, and they're eating the packets because they're so hungry. And Paul goes, mix it with mix relish. It with relish. <laughs> it's good. Mix it with relish. And he gets out on the phone, and he's talking to Tony, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, Tony, I didn't want to say nothing. It's your nephew. He doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. And then later on, Christopher goes, yeah, I heard you. You tried to blame this on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so – so a little little fact about this, okay, because I do know – so Pine Barrens is an area in South Jersey, okay? It's like, yep. south, it's like south Central. It wasn't filmed there. Uh, it was filmed in a, an area of New York State called Harriman State Park, which is kind of just south of West Point. But it was not filmed in the Pine Barrens. But I know that State Park, it's uh, Harriman State Park. It's a beautiful park. And that's where they filmed that uh, episode. It's actually filmed in New York. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The, the other part of that episode that's great is when um, 
Polly's talking on the phone to Tony another time, and the signal's breaking up because they're out in the wilderness. And Tony's trying to tell him, he's like, this guy was from the the, the Ministry of the Interior. He killed, like, uh, like 12 Chechen rebels or something like that. And, and Polly like, kind of doesn't hear him, and he goes, he's like, Christopher. He was uh he killed like twelve Czechoslovakians. He was an interior he was an interior decorator. <laughs> <Interior> decorator. <laughs> Christopher goes, his house looked like shit. <laughs> it was It's just like the boneheaded like stupidness of those two together. Like it's it's just it's dry but it's just great. You know, that that was the best episode. Yeah. And you know, you know, there's a little scene yeah, Tony gets hit with a steak from his guma in that one. He throws the steak at him. Do you know? So you remember when he calls when he calls Bobby to Junior's house to like you know come help him and and Bobby comes in with the with the vest on and Tony's like dying laughing. So I don't know if many people know this, but I read that when they filmed that scene, um, they had him come in because if you notice, they shoot him from like the waist up, and they yep. actually had him come in with like a strap on dildo. So that's really James <laughs> Gandolfini's reaction. <laughs> Like and they and and they and they catch it and they but they you know they played off like he's laughing at the vest but that's supposedly that's the real story when they filmed he came into the scene and that's James Gandolfini laughing but they they rolled with it and they just they left it in uh, which I think is hilarious too um, yeah it's it's uh, it's a great show Barbara wants us to move on but it's how, how do you yeah, not you talk about the greatest you, show you can't make up moments like that I mean when it's just a real reaction that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can kind of tell when you watch it again because you're like, yeah, Tony never laughed like that ever on the show. <laughs> so no, that no. wasn't Tony laughing. <laughs> and it makes it even funnier now knowing that it's like when you watch it again, now it's going to be even funnier because now, you know. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Kevin, that was like a little bit of a filler there because I wanted to make sure that you were back on before we got into the big topic of the night. Yeah. Um, so now that we're all here, and I think everyone's done with their technical issues, um, so our our big thing this week was uh, Judge Meta. They finally ruled on the FDA case uh, that we we heard about last year in 2022, um, but the final ruling came on down today, uh, this week, and he ruled um, that the FDA didn't properly. Um, come at this case the right way and ruled in the favor of the Premium Cigar Association, CRA, CAA, uh, and the Premium Cigar Industry as a whole, really, um, said that, you know, the FDA, you, you know, cannot regulate premium cigars. This, you know, and and basically, you know, that's a huge win. So all of the stuff like, you know, the predicate stuff and the um, uh, why am I blanking on it like the substantial equivalent stuff that we heard about a couple of years ago the manufacturers they had to file this paperwork they were going to pay all this money you know if it was after 2016 and you know all this other nonsense uh that has all gone away now there's a lot to this thing though um and Coop, I'm, I'm gonna let you jump in here is whenever you're ready um mm-hmm. this is a big win um and we got to take the win uh I want to say though, because I think this is important for everyone to hear, is that it also it this doesn't mean like okay, like we're good forever now, we're free and clear. It does not mean that, but for the time being, everything's pretty good. That's my disclaimer on this ruling. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and and you know, we'll, there's questions on what happens next. Uh, and there's there I think there are some big questions on what happens next. Um, you know, ultimately, what happened here was um, I don't think this and this is going to upset some people. I don't think necessarily we convinced the judge that cigars are not a health risk or anything like that. I don't think we necessarily did that, but I think what we did uh, is we punched holes into the into the procedures the FDA was doing enough to raise doubts on what the FDA was presenting and, and basically call out it was all BS that they were presenting, um, particularly around the underage thing, how they would how they were tracking underage smokers and stuff like that they were you know they were manipulating the data and stuff like that and uh it got called out the other thing that got called out by the judge um and a lot has happened last year because last year all that the judge made this decision he was just the remedy was this year but the other thing that the, the judge did is the judge um you know we have this comment period right so the idea is when what, what happens is in the process right folks who don't know congress passes this law regulates cigars is that me or someone else Congress passes a law regulates cigars. It goes to the FDA. They go, FDA, you come up with what the rule should be, right? So there's this arbitrary group that's doing the rulemaking. They put out what they think are the rules, and then it goes out to public comment. And the public comment's where you give all the feedback, right? And what happened during this process is, and I'm oversimplifying it a bit, is they put going on there <laughs> it's Ke it's Ke it's kevin uh, okay okay uh so what happened is they they put out the comments there and um like i said part of the rulemaking uh, process it's not like they're doing this because they they really value our input or anything um the fda looked at the comments and said and at the time when the comments were put out part of the option was to look at this option too for the exemption and there was data presented in the comments and uh the comments were pretty much ignored so this is supposed to be an integral part of the rulemaking process, but there was things presented in the comments that were, were, were completely ignored by the FDA. And that was another thing that the judge called out with that as well. So there was a lot of procedural things. The FDA really kind of used the – it's kind of crazy that in this country this is how the rulemaking process can go where it is arbitrary and capricious, right? And that's what happened here. This was arbitrary and capricious, and the judge, and the judge called them out on this. The judge called him out on this stuff. He called out the FDA. He admonished the FDA. And the rule was vacated is what happened. But I don't think we convinced everyone about – I don't think there was a health or scientific convincing yet. I think there's still some doubt about that. And I think there's going to be some other ways the, the FDA is going to approach this right now. So you, you do take the win. You do take the win um, as far as that goes. So I think, I think from that standpoint, it gave me a lot of feeling – about the judicial, I had a good feeling about the judicial system after this. I really did. I really felt good that that someone actually looked at this and objectively. And I'm not saying Judge Meta is a pro cigar guy. I don't think that's the case. I think he's a pro law guy, and he saw the law being abused here, and he called it out. I like to liken it to. It's like we won the American League Championship Series. We didn't win the World Series. You know what I mean? Um. It's not the end fight. We won a bit. I don't think we won the World Series at all. No. Um, we, it was know, a big win, but it's not the end of the fight. You know, yeah, and, and first of all, we should celebrate as an industry, but were you disappointed with the reactions from our trade organizations after this? 
Well, it seemed to me like everyone tried to take credit individually. They all tried to take credit. Maybe the PCA the least of the three, I'll be honest with you. I yep, mean, I agree. Well, for example, like, and, and I don't know why. I mean, they did this. The same thing happened a couple weeks ago, I felt, with the whole thing up with the Congressional Caucus. If you're going in with a joint, a, a joint effort, you should have a joint communication on this thing. Come up with a communication that everyone can agree on. And maybe it shows me they can't agree on a communication, right? And this is why that happened, right? But but there should have been, like what happened, for example, a statement was given to the New York Times from the Cigar Association of America. And there was no mention really of, there may have been a little footnote about the other organizations, but, but it was a quote from the Cigar Association of America. And, you know, you could talk to, there's people who talk from the uh, premium side will say, well, it was really these 10 companies that drove this thing home. And, you know, there was resistance from some of these other parties. And, and I'm not trying to say who's right or wrong, but I was I, I think we came out of this. If there's anything, we came out of this looking very divided. And that concerns me as well, that we look divided right now in terms of where we are. And now we go, we'll go, you know, this came up this morning on KMA. The flavored thing's the next battle. I have no confidence we have, we're going to have a unified message to fight the flavored thing. I really don't. I think it's going to be more more division. In fact, worse division. I actually agree with you on that one, Coop. It's like it's you can almost sense that when they kind of started attacking it, it was it almost seemed like a large part of the industry just didn't even care about the flavored side. No, I mean I'm going to be honest, and, and this is I'll say this is probably a pre Scott Pierce and pre board that was on now. They were ignoring the flavor thing for a long time. They would just, especially as some of these initial laws were being uh, passed out in California and stuff on banning flavors. There was no one. They were. It was almost. It was almost as bad as Tobacco Twenty One when they when the whole when the whole industry laid down on Tobacco Twenty One and put their swords down. This was almost as bad with the flavors. And then it started. I think it started to change. The tide changed a little on that the last few years, when it when when it looked like it was going to be prohibition. So I think then, then it became more reality. And I think there's a fear of prohibition, which is why I think other people are now getting behind this. But I don't think everyone's behind this in the industry. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the other thing, too, is you have the three you have the three organizations. Uh, you have Rocky Patel going to Washington. Carlito went to Washington. Uh, so, I mean, this this and you think I remember back. I don't know if you I don't know. Kevin, I'm pretty sure you were there. I don't know. I, I know you guys probably heard about it. But, you know, Carlito gave this speech. At the uh, impromptu CRA meeting, at the Rocky Patel booth at the um, near the the, end of the, the trade impromptu show. meeting oh, that happens every year that they can't put on the schedule. Yeah, and uh, but what yeah. he did say though was you know was important regardless of the the value of the meeting. Um, you know, talking about you know there's a lot of big manufacturers who you know don't get involved in this and don't put money behind this and you know it's, it's up it's up to like rocky yeah. and carlito and and there's more and uh, uh, you know i'm not going to name them all but uh, but uh, there's others I that should be involved and they're not and you know it's like well look what happened here imagine imagine what it could be like you know if more people were protecting the industry that they do business in I really think the 10 people who were involved should have taken the bow and put out a very strong communication about the 10 people involved. I, I really – I'm not – because I think that should have been recognized in the communication. Instead, it didn't – I think – I understand they were trying not to make a deal, big deal on that, but the problem is now you have groups probably taking credit for this that really didn't have as much to do with this as you think. Um, and, you know, I see, I see everyone went – I mean, look, anyone goes to Washington takes their time – 
and money. And, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But guy like Rocky's been there. How many? I mean, Rocky spent countless, countless, like, like weeks and weeks and weeks over the years doing this. I mean, that's the guy. I mean, I'm really looking at that. And he's not out there putting pictures of himself in Washington for the most part. So, um, you know, you know, he's these are the guys who are really out there on the front lines there. And I almost think they they sold themselves short. They should have been a thank you to these guys. Hey, these are the guys who are in Washington. They made these financial contributions, and just come out and say it. I mean, just come out and say what you did here. No, I don't think there's any harm in that. You know, and maybe also, there's things I don't understand. Maybe there's things I don't understand with that. But I think in a way they set themselves up to kind of look like, you know, in a way they should have kind of taken a bigger bow with this. You know, and I'll just say this, kind of on a somewhat unrelated note. I mean, it, it's nice with. It's nice having Rocky around with his legal background. Yeah. yeah. And and look, it's nice having Carlito around too because Carlito Yes. You don't push Carlito into a corner and, and Carlito will fight like to the death on this one and he did. Uh he you know, he absolutely stood by this from, from day one. Uh and 100%. did not waffle his Yeah, I mean so and there were others like that, like I said, I'm not trying to just exclude anyone, but but yeah, those you gotta give him credit as well. But you're right. Rocky was absolutely Rocky was the guy. He was going on TV and stuff like that. You know. Now, one of the things that um, so John commented, Coop, didn't you say once that the cigar industry should get together with the FDA and agree on a regulation that the cigar industry could live with? I might have said that. I might have said that, but I might have said it when um, I may have said that a long time ago. That um, to try to go in and negotiate that, particularly when we're looking at option two. Uh, if we couldn't get option two, try try to do that. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't think we, I don't, I didn't think we would get to this day. So probably it's good they didn't listen to me on that. But even last year, when when the judge made the decision and the remedy was coming, I didn't think they were going to vacate the rule. I I really didn't think the rule was getting vacated. I thought there would be some things stripped out of it heavily. But I think they would. I thought they were going to keep some level of regulation. I was surprised they threw it out. But that's why they're paying Michael Edney the big bucks and not me to represent the industry, right? And if you haven't seen the PCA live stream that they did with Michael Edney, who's the lead attorney, and this is the first time I've heard Michael really talk. Um, he is impressive as a lawyer. This guy. I mean, they got mm-hmm. themselves a heavyweight as far as a lawyer goes. This guy knows the industry. He is really good. He is really good. I mean, I'm, I think you have to take a lot. They got a great lawyer here and a great team under that lawyer that did the work here. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think will happen, and this has been some comments here already from people, um, is that, you know, people ask, well, so what happens now? So here's what, here's what is probably most likely to happen. Yeah. It'll take some time. But it doesn't mean that it won't happen. Um, right. The FDA will now regroup, and they'll lick their wounds, and they'll say, "All right, well, we're just going to attack it piece by piece." So then they'll come after flavor. Yeah. yeah. They'll come after the marketing. They're going to come yep. after it from from piece by piece. Fact, so. the factory piece. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we're not going to negotiate with them. I mean, that's our comment. We're not negotiating with the FDA here. Uh, why would we negotiate after a win here? There's no reason. Like I know I said that before, but now I don't think there's any reason to try to negotiate with the FDA unless it's total, unless they totally exempt premium cigars. That would be the only way. And they're not going to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a big deal, and it definitely bought us some, some time. 
but they're—I mean—they're coming back. They're not just going to give up. They're just going to find a new you, game plan. You know, but there's a really reality. good show that was done. I watched it today, right? There's that History Channel Modern Marvels, and there's—it's about tobacco, and it was done about 15 years ago. And they talk about how different tobacco industries. So they—they they actually have a segment on the premium cigar business, and they. Carlito, they visited Fuente when they were making Opus X, and they, they talk about the handmade process. And then they show the cigarette business and how cigarettes are made, right? And there's nothing, there's really nothing that overlaps these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just shocked that this show hasn't been, and this is the first time I saw it, I'm shocked that this hasn't been like a poster child, a primer. Like, they should be showing this to everyone in Congress, this show. Like, here are the, here's how a cigarette's made versus here how a cigar is made. It's so, it was so basic and edgy. Like, my wife saw it on. She was, like, amazed by it, too. It's, it's, it's me, you know. So, this, if you haven't caught that, Modern Marvels on Tobacco, um, it was on the History Channel, like, 15 years ago. I think you can find it on YouTube. Check it out. We should absolutely be using that as a primer anytime we meet with someone. Well, I think another thing that, it's already like out in the open that anyone who's really into the tobacco business knows about. Um, even even diehard cigarette smokers probably don't even know about this. But if you if you follow stuff like the three of us do, uh, big tobacco kind of I don't want to say it, it's kind of like indirectly, and I wouldn't say it's like a very clear point, but it it's kind of a point. Um, you know, they pushed for a law. Mostly, you know, like Philip Morris and all those guys. They pushed for a law that did, that went into effect, and I believe it. I don't know if it went into effect in 2007 or if it was 2007 was the year of whatever. But there, there is a law that is in place, um, which mostly affects cigarette manufacturers. Um, that does state that moving forward, after that date, which like I said is like 2007. And Coop, I, I know you know where I'm going with this. Um, uh-huh. But they have to disclose every ingredient and everything that's in their product. So if they put stuff in the tobacco, they treat the tobacco, which anyone who's been around long enough knows that cigarette tobacco is not just tobacco that gets, you know, rolled that's up. That's what this show is so powerful. Yeah. That's yeah. why this show is so powerful when you C- see this. Yeah. Cigarette tobacco is treated. It's pumped with chemicals. It's not mm-hmm. just they, yep. they don't they don't just grind tobacco and put it in a thing yep. and send it out. It, there are things that are done to the tobacco, and it's what makes yeah. it so addictive. And it's also what makes it even so much more cancerous. And what's interesting about that is because okay, so you have to disclose everything that's in your cigarettes. Well, how many new cigarette brands you know have come out since then? Don't worry, Almost I'll wait. Like, I think it. Don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah, it, the answer is it's like w- none, right? None. Well, one. None. Yeah. Maybe one, but it's none. Do you know why? Nobody wants to disclose what's in there. Well, yeah. No. And I'm actually go- and if yeah. no one's gonna go through it, what does that mean? Marlboro yeah. Reds has no more new competition. Mm-hmm. That's why they did it. So that is something that's already in law. That's something that's already out there. It it already exists. Now that right there is like a piece that one could use to be like, all right, when you make that argument about all tobacco products and like how is cigarettes different from premium handmade cigars? Well, first of all, there's a law in place that pretty much already admits in a way that cigarettes have shit in them 
that you know has to be disclosed and no one really releases new stuff because no one wants to talk about what they put in there meanwhile premium cigar manufacturers have nothing to hide like this is our tobacco we grow it on our farms we'll show you they'll show you the whole fucking process they'll tell you all about it how it's aged fermented how it's rolled and all that we got nothing to hide cigarette manufacturers a little bit more tight-lipped like well you know we make stuff <coughs> you know uh but they don't really want people to know what they do with that tobacco because it's bad it's very bad and it's one of the primary reasons why it's a very different product from premium handmade cigars yeah yeah i put the link i just put the link to that show in in the comments if people want to see it and and matt this show exactly shows what you're talking about i mean this this show i don't know how it's been buried for 15 years and not like talked about by the industry because it was really, it, it, like I said, I think we all, if you watch the Carlito piece, it's pretty elementary. We know a lot of the basics with that. But the cigarette piece was the one that really struck me, the contrast with, with that and how they present it. And they, they do it in two different parts. You know, they first do cigarettes, then they do cigars. And, and you just come out of that and you'll, you'll, it's unbelievably educational for someone who may not under, like, because there's always this confusion that cigars should be regulated like a cigarette. Right, and then they tried to regulate cigarettes like like you regulated any pharmaceutical product, and it's just it's it's not the case. You know, it's 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 like beating a dead horse, but it's all true. It's all it's all true stuff. If anyone, everyone's able to watch Hand Rolled. You can watch it for free. You know, go on yeah, YouTube. Go to, watch it's, on the, it's, on, it's on the Coop site, by the way. You can go to the sidebar and get watch it. It's, um, it's, it's, I mean, then they talk about this issue and they talk about OTP, other tobacco products versus premium handmade cigars. There are, um, what is the number? It's like, there's, there's like 600 something thousand handmade cigars made, premium handmade cigars made like what, every month or every year or something mm. like that? No, it's more than that. I, 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 I no, it's like every is, but... something, something like that. Like every month, like I don't know, something like that, or it's like sixty-four million. I don't know, something like that. But at the, but they also say that at the same in the same breath, that's as many cigarettes are sold every hour, every day. You know, it's yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it, not it, even that, a blip on the radar compared. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. I mean, you're talking about like our industry as a whole is like a wet fart in the premium. I mean, in the uh, in the cigarette business. I mean, what they do. I mean, and they do it so differently, and they do it the way they do it, so that they can sell that many cigarettes. Because anybody who knows anybody, you know, cigarette smoking is a bad habit. It's something that people, you know, they can't live without. They can't, you know. There's nothing great about smoking a cigarette. You know, people do it because they have to, not because they want yeah. to. Some want. Yeah. To, but. Cigar, it's it again. It's and Carlito said it best in hand roll. He was like, "You're talking about comparing a chimpanzee to a dolphin. Like they're both mammals, but like, yeah, they're nowhere near the same thing. One lives in the ocean, yeah. one lives on land. And the bureaucrats just don't want to see that. All they see is like it's tobacco, so it's bad, and it's all the same. And they don't want to, they don't want to push the difference. They know there is one. Yeah, it's I a narrative. They know there is one, but they uh, just doesn't fit their narrative. So just they loop it all together just to make it easy to push through which you know fortunately this judge called him out on it yeah and um we got a comment here from youtube philip morris has a higher environmental social and governance score than tesla that's all you need to know about this country slash government 
you know, and, and, and there's a reason why, you know, big tobacco is what it is. I mean, you're talking about a trillion dollar industry. I mean, it's one of the biggest yeah. industries in the whole world. The cigarette yeah, this business. is, yeah, it's completely different. Um, I mean, go over to in terms of the scope. In terms of the scope, yeah. I mean, here in the United States, I mean, there's a lot of people that smoke cigarettes, but it's not what it used to be, you know, even like 20, 30 years ago. Um, yeah. You go to like Europe and Asia, there's still a lot of people that just smoke. Like not everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're getting better, but especially like Asia. I mean, I mean, er- almost everybody smokes every day. I mean, like, you know, you look at other parts of the world, and it's like it was here 30 years ago. I mean, everyone fucking smokes. Um, It's a massive industry. Yeah, and what happened is the FDA thought they could do this one-size-fits-all thing, right? So they they lump cigars and pipes in with alternative products, and they try to do it the same way as cigarettes. And what's key about this decision is that now when they have to go back and try to regulate premium cigars, they can't lump it in anymore. No, because this premium cigar piece was the piece that was struck out. There's other deeming rules for some of these other, and I'm not sure what pipes fit in with this. By the way, I'm not really 100 percent sure what pipes fit in with this. True. I yeah, I I don't have an answer. I'm not saying yes or no, but it was a little. That was a question I had a little while ago. I was thinking about, but um, but yeah, as far as uh, you know, we're not gonna be lumped in with the vape stuff anymore. No, because now they have to go out individually. Yeah, vape. Yeah, premium cigars should be premium cigars. You know, vape is its own fucking thing. Uh, I believe that cigarettes should be their own thing, especially considering it's such a strong industry in itself. Pipes? It's a good point. And you'd hate to see pipes get taken away. But pipes are probably, I would say, the most similar thing to premium cigars. Um, You know, out of all those things, really. It's not the same. I'll admit it. It's not really the same. But it's kind of the closest thing. The tobacco is different, but it's not the same exact tobacco as cigarette tobacco. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. not manufactured the same way, I should say. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of natural properties and whatnot to pipe tobacco that yes. just does not exist at all in cigarettes. Yes. Um, so yep. I think, you know, and then you get chew, which is a whole thing. So it's like you look like, yeah, they're all tobacco products, right? But they're all so fucking different. It's like trying to regulate cars, planes, and boats all together as like one thing. And it's like, but they're not. It's very different. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're all transportation. But, I mean, it's, you know, there's nothing that's similar about a plane, a boat, and a car other than that they get you from point A to point B. I mean, it's it's different. You know? It, and that's the problem. And I think that this is good. It really it helps us step aside and into our own light out of the light of everybody else yeah um but i said like the fight's not over you know what i mean there's 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 going to be more that comes back it's going to be in different ways that's why like we still can't give up on the flavored stuff you know because you know they're still going to come after flavored stuff if we lay like Cooper was saying earlier you know if we just roll over and die on the flavored stuff they get that win that's first of all that's that's bad for us no matter what Okay, that's still going to be lost yep. revenue stream for a lot of manufacturers like Drew Estate, you know, acids and tobacco special. They sell a shit ton of that stuff, you know. Um, and it's like, okay, we got that. Now let's go for the next thing. You know, you, you, you let them have one. They're going to keep coming. It's that old saying, like, you give someone an inch, they take a mile. It's the same yeah. fucking concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. Like, that's why, like, this is good. 
but like on all the little stuff too like you gotta like you gotta fight for that too you can't just be like oh well we got this yeah. like yeah. all right the flavor thing no like the flavor thing you gotta attack just as hard as the whole premium cigar thing as a whole like it's the same fucking yeah. thing yeah and that's why the local the uh states and the local piece is gonna be very important over the next few years because you know the, a lot of stuff's festering at that level right now so you know and then there could be state laws put in that that Put a lot of, I mean, that's what happened with Tobacco 21. It started out as a state movement. Um, and we beat this one to death. You know, why Why the cigar industry didn't pursue it? I think it was a mistake. Because I think there were ways they could have pursued it without spending a lot of money. But uh, they chose not to. And, uh, you know, but and it festered and eventually got into a federal law on that. So. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was actually going to be the question I was going to ask. Is, is this going to have any effect on any state regulation? As far as cigars go, since now it's it's set precedence that you know it, they are in fact different than cigarettes or other tobacco products. I, so I think I think thirty seven of the states already have the law enacted, so it won't matter in those states, but it's those remaining states. And how much is the cigar industry going to promote the fact that an eighteen year old can buy a cigar, maybe? Um, in those other states, I don't think they're going to do that. I think because I don't think they want to touch that because. They're trying to distance themselves from anything close to youth right now, um, so I don't. I don't think they'll do. I don't think it will make a big difference. You know, you know the good news is we uh, consumers. You guys can get free samples now, so because uh, that was stricken. And That's right, cigars for warriors could start sending cigars to the troops again. Those those are things that that are I think significant things. Um, so we, by the way, uh, media. You guys know we we were exempt from the samples thing because it was considered a B two B. And B two B was allowed mm-hmm. under the regulations. So, but I and look, let's be real. Peep consumers were still getting cigars. It was it was at first they were very cautious about it, but then you know they they were still getting it. But now uh, I think it is good news, and uh, it is good news from that perspective. Especially that that you could send them back to the troops is is a nice thing. So it's good for cigars for warriors. Oh, uh, that companies can make those donations now. I agree. No, I agree, and that is that is a good thing, um, you know, because it's uh, you know having more freedom, right? You know, and yeah. yeah, you know, we got that back, and especially with the troops. I mean, you know, that's that's such a big deal. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm glad we. So I think there's some that. good. Yeah, there's some no. good things uh, with that, but there's things coming. I mean, I think they're gonna. Tra- you know, this is why Matt, you and I talked yesterday on the phone. I think they're going to try to choke this industry a different way. Is my feeling, and I think they're going to go after. Uh, they're going to go after marketing, advertising, and platforms like this are going to be at risk. And I think there's a serious risk we have right now. And my question is, when I talk to someone from PCA or CRA, is what is your plan with this? Um, so that that is a big thing. I, I don't. I think they have because look, it's not just a matter of my podcast or my website. How many people in the cigar industry are using social media to really launch their brands? And, and you know, we look at, for example, like Dan's on uh, McAuliffe Ambassador Community. It's a huge yep. online community yep. that's an, an integral part of, of their business right now. Yep. Drew Estate has all their consumer engagement pieces Freestyle right Live. Freestyle Live in there, yeah. I mean, everyone is making – I mean, now it's TikTok, which is the MTV of the 2020. Uh, you know, so – those t- by the way, I think those TikTok videos are really dangerous right now because yeah, that's where they're gonna say you to get into these videos, 
And, and, and look, I've already seen some of the initial studies. They're looking at social media. They're looking at age gating and stuff like that. And there are holes in this. And we have to we have to kind of, I think now I heard Josh Habarski say this yesterday. This is a chance now for the industry to now that they've gotten this off their plate. Now they could start to do they. I hate using the word self-regulate, but there are things that they can do to tighten this up so they don't get exposed again like this in, into mm-hmm. a, into regulation like this. So that's why they held off, for example, on the whole uh, the trademark trade dress stuff, the marketing of the children stuff. They were waiting for the judge's decision because based on that was how they're going to self-regulate. So I think in the next year, you're probably going to see the PCA come out with a lot of standards on that right now. And these are things I think that really do have to be addressed. And, and I think the TikTok thing is dangerous because, again, it's access to youth that they're going to – that's what they're going to say. It's not, not that youth are watching them. It's a perception thing. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of people who are out – you know, making TikTok videos, especially, you know, like manufacturers making TikTok videos, um, you know, goofy stuff or whatever. But it's about cigars and trying to, yeah. like, promote that way. But that's I, – I get it. And I, I get and, – and, and why do they do that? They do that because they're trying to get a younger demographic. And and I've heard people say that. I'm like, don't say that. Okay, you know don't say that. It's like going to a it's like going to a store to buy a gun. They're like, what are you doing? I'm gonna kill some children. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't yeah. say that out loud. Fucking, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, you know the, what I mean, the, it's the, like the, fucking. What are you doing? Like, you're just. The, yeah, and if you don't think they're watching this, in the nicotine study thing I put up on Coop this week that shows that the FDA is looking at some of this stuff, there are references to cigar Coop in the references. By the way, in the so if you don't think they're looking at our stuff, you're crazy. They, they, my stuff was listed as a reference in there. So particularly there was something around uh, CI's uh, Cigar Fest that they, they pulled uh, as a reference point. So they are looking at this stuff. Don't say they're not looking at this stuff. Um, um, it's, it, it's, so they, we really do have to do a better job at that. And that's, that's important that we now have this opportunity to kind of really sh- show we have our act together. And unfortunately, there's people in the industry who just – we just want to have fun. That's the thing. That's the, that's the excuse I get. Yeah, the, the time to regroup is now because I mean, you know, it yep. it, it got vacated. So, yeah. like you said before, they're coming back. You know, as strong as they've ever come back. So now, I mean, it's we have to circle the wagons and you know figure out how to fight it from every angle. And yeah, everybody's yep. got to get along. Yeah. Yeah. Do, so do, when they when they yeah. Well, I was gonna say. I, Go ahead, Coop. You go first. Okay. I'm sorry. So, you know, I've heard this argument, particularly when a lot of the controversy came up about marketing to children, okay? And the argument that I heard from, and I heard this from a lot of people, I heard it from Pravada, because Brian was on our show and he said it, and I understand where he was coming from with some of this. Well, these are sold in places where you can't get these products. If there's an LCA shop, they can't walk in, a kid can't walk in and buy it. Yes. But these cigars are all over social media is what I'm saying. So, and it's not age controlled in a lot of cases. So, so the perception is that kids could see this. I know it's not, re- perception is reality in a lot of cases. though. It's, that's what the perception is right now of this. And that's where I think, the, you know, and if they come after social media, that's what I'm saying. I think this is very important that they, the industry's got to get their shit together right now on this. Otherwise, it, it could be a bad result we could see with this. All over, if, if, they, if the FDA regulated that you can't put cigars on, on a social media platform anymore, this industry would be in big trouble. I, this industry would be in big trouble. 
Oh, it's, it would be huge because I mean that's I mean that's how everybody gets the word out now. Yeah. You know I, I mean? saw Social some media is I, huge for the industry. I saw some guy put up a post up. Matt knows. I did. Uh, I'm not gonna say who it was, but he was like trying to say, uh, "When was the last time you looked at Cigar Aficionado? When was the last time you looked at a blog?" Like, okay, but I guarantee you that we take those mediums away, it has an effect on brick and mortars. There's no way it doesn't. If those, if all those mediums went away tomorrow, it would have an effect on brick and mortars. Um, sorry, I'm. Come on, stupid autocorrect. Jesus Christ. It's the worst. Maybe now, now I see why maybe Matt uh, had trouble remembering to put a cover on the, the blue cheese. He gets distracted too easy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to do something show related, but I'm trying to do it, you know. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'm getting some information on a certain topic. That's why I'm trying to do a little bit of yeah. research here before I yeah. And oh, Dan, why do we help me out? Dan gave me a lot of information. He gave me, he put up the post where the coop stuff is uh, uh, referenced. So there's a link there if you want to see where the cigar coop stuff was referenced. It's there. So I have to do some more research, but Dan had said before, and I Instagram enables to set an over 21 viewer setting. Now I don't remember seeing that, and I don't know how that works. Um, there, there is. We, we, we have it all. Like all of our stuff, like. My YouTube numbers, I take a hit on my YouTube numbers because I age gate it. I, I made that decision because I did not want my YouTube stuff taken down. So it, it, it hit my numbers on YouTube, but I have other platforms where it does much better. But we, everyone in the media should be age gating their content on YouTube. See, I, thought a, you know? I thought a majority of it already was. It's not. A lot of it isn't. A lot of it isn't. Uh, I think a lot of it, like, I think it's particularly more on the influencer side where it's, where it's a little more of the Wild West with that. That just seems like a common sense thing. Yeah. So it sucks. I mean, and uh, right now it's a private issue. Right now it's a private issue because I don't want YouTube stripping my stuff down. But in reality, if anyone ever came to me and, and, and they said, well, Cigar Coop is my website. I don't have that age gate thing on the website, by the way, where it says put in your age, right? The, the study that Dan's referring to. They 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 call bullshit on those age those age gates are the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. Right, anyone can put any age in to get get through to the site. Right. Look, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna be that guy, but I'm not yeah to to, to to support your to to support your argument. Right. You know, you guys grew up in a mostly print world. I grew up yeah. in the golden age of the internet. So, yeah, yeah when I did. was 14 and I wanted to go onto a porn website with my buddies. And it's like, oh, are you 18? We clicked yes because we were 14 and we knew enough <laughs> to say, yeah. Like, but it's, but it, th that's the reality though. Like, just because it's there doesn't mean some 15 year olds are going to be like, oh, I'm not 21, guys. We're going to, like, they're going to be like, fuck you. Yeah, I am. Like, it doesn't do anything. Like, it's a formality. Like, oh, we have an age gate. Yeah, but does it really stop anybody? No. They're going to click yeah anyway. I mean, and, and there's really, the, and the, you know, online and with social media, I mean, is there any way to, like, really actually enforce it? Your yeah. answer is, um, so if you go to, like, for example, I'll, I'll pick a, a online retailer, Corona Cigar has a very sophisticated age verification system. But, you know, that's used for e-commerce, right? The question is, you need it for, um, I don't know how you do it for a web. I, mean, I assume you can implement something similar for a website, but it's expensive. But Corona Cigar, like, it will, when you set up your account, you have to go through an age verification process. 
uh, you, you, I think you send an image of your license or something like that, and it does a, a behind-the-scenes validation of it. Yeah. It actually took me two times to get mine through, too, because it came back the first time and it was rejected, and then the second time it got through. But, uh, yeah, so there are there is the technologies out there. But for Cigar Coop, would it be something? If, if I was mandated to do it, I would do it. But I'm not going to put an age gate thing in there either. Um... Because it's just it's it like this study called how BS it is. It's like there's there's nothing to all it is is like yo know, just put in a, a birthday before uh, twenty one years before today, and you get in. <laughs> so, which is not, which is most of the, I mean most of the online you know online retail or websites like that. It's all the thing. I mean you know are you twenty one? Yes. Or put in your birth date and you just put in a birth date that well, makes you twenty one and you're good. Nineteen seventy five. Oh, yeah, hey. yeah, I, exactly. It's not a, it's it's. The age gate thing is, 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 you know, and then, you know, it's complete nonsense and uh, it's not, it's not. And so I don't think that's the answer. Put Like I thought about putting one on my website. I'm like, no, no, unless by law I had to put something in and I would just put it in. So Barbara, um, excuse me, Barbara commented parental settings for your kids. Very good point. Yeah, we, but the problem we had is that, most parents don't do it. Yeah. We had it on our router for years when my kids were younger. Um, so, and then my older ones figured out how to get around it anyway. But yeah, so uh, see, but yeah, yeah, they did. They figured out how to get around it um at some point. But yeah. we had that for a while. It wasn't, it wasn't, and actually, the problem was it was actually too restrictive the way we had it set up for my kids. So, um, but yeah, that's another option too. I mean, I mean, know, what is look, what is. Would a solution, you know, maybe be, you know, for the social media sites, you know, to, you know, force us to age gate, so to speak, for them to basically offer the age gating to have a section of their websites that goes through that screening process and the depth screening process to do that. I mean, they have the money to yeah, they do. do it and facilitate it. So could the regulation be, you know, put on that? I mean, I don't know that they would be willing to help or be willing to work you know, with the industry or anything age age related, so to speak. But well, that would be an easy answer. You know, Facebook and Instagram are pretty good about certain things. Uh, I'm not saying that they're great. They're, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that you won't see on there. You go over to Twitter, yeah. it's like the Wild West <laughs> out there. I mean, yeah. they got flat out porn on there. It's nudes, yeah. like there's, and they, and they and they allow it. It's not like it's restricted. And people just haven't got caught. Like they allow it. It's out there. Like your child could just download Twitter, make an account, like a twelve year old. I mean, these kids are smart yeah. now. I mean, our our yeah. niece, our niece is nine years old. She knows how to use a tablet, you know, better than we do. Sometimes, it's like she could go on Twitter, make an account, do the whole thing, and just be searching, and she could see whatever is out there, and there's it, nothing it, stopping. Yeah. Her. Here's where it gets a little tricky because they talk about this in some of these reports that Dan was mentioning. So the idea is if I want to if, – if Cigar Industry wants to put an ad on, on Facebook, right, they can't because it's tobacco-related and Facebook won't allow it. But they have a, they have workarounds. So how do you do the workaround? You give it to an influencer, and the influencer puts it up on their page, and there's not necessarily – it's on a personal page. And now suddenly everyone's accessing that content, right? Uh, through the influencer, where there's not age gating involved with that, so this is like I said, they're, they're seeing these patterns on social media. If you think like, you're, you're, you're hiding hiding stuff, it's not. It was this report was very telling 
and it's scary. Some of this is why I think it's very important that some of the stuff the PCA is doing needs to get ahead of the curve of this right now. Uh, there's some serious stuff coming, and it that will have bad influences on this industry if it's allowed to continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carlito, by the way. Here he is. And by the way, big thank you. Big thank you to Carlito. We haven't thanked Carlito. Uh, I get, we did earlier, but we'll thank him again uh, for, for doing what he did, uh, for standing by this. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. But that's why I like I said when when I've had conversations with you about well the PCA is overstating their no they should be they should have been on top of this stuff years ago about the kids stuff because we don't we, the idea is no one wants to market this stuff to kids and I don't, no one's intentionally doing it I'm just saying there's ways you can get around putting up a Facebook ad and suddenly it's out there and and then it's going to be seen so I think I think this is why we have to get we have to get hold of this stuff earlier. It's true, and you know we need more manufacturers like Carlito who are outspoken and are not afraid to say, you know, hey, you know, this is what we should do. This is what we need to do. This is who needs to be involved, yeah. and you know, and like you know, you guys are right. You know, it's a great time to regroup, regroup. Yep. You know, and, and, and get everyone get together, get, get everyone on the fucking same page, and be like, this is what we yep. got to do. All right. Yep. Cut the bullshit. Like, all right, we got this one. This gives us time to regroup. And, like, you know, get ready for the next storm because there's going to be another storm. There's going to be another storm. This isn't like I see yeah. I see people go on Facebook like, it's over. It's over. Like World War II ended. It's like, no, yeah. it's not over. But, but this is a good yeah. win. Yeah. By the way, I already got one comment on the Modern Marvels History Channel thing, how good it – how well it was done. Yep, so, I did too. Uh, you, know, you got – so I'm just yep, saying yep. – and, uh, yeah, and Carlito, did a great Carlito, did, Carlito did a tremendous job on that history channel. Thing. It's got, and like I said, the link's out there. I think I'll put the link on the social media pages when it's done. Everyone should watch that. And, and then when someone starts to challenge you, it shows, look what they're doing with cigarettes. It, it, it gets, it's so interesting because they get into the chemical compounds and everything. It's, it's, it's really well done. Yep. So I'm uh, glad that it's being looked at already. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, stuff like that is stuff that needs to be shared. That's the stuff yeah. that needs to be shared. People need to see that and understand. You know how many people I run into are so ignorant, and I'm yeah. like, and they like make these nasty comments, and I'm like, when they like the hair like I, you know, I'm a cigar person, and they're like, oh, right. oh and it's like, and they start spewing this diarrhea out of their mouth about yeah. smoking, and it's like, you are so yeah. ignorant because you have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, oh yeah, oh okay, and I'm like. Well, it's because yeah. the shit's been regurgitated, and there's no there's no facts to back it up. It's just well, that's what society says it is, so that's what it is. You know, facts be damned. Yeah, it's ignorance. Yeah, you know, I see these people on their high horse. They think they're so high and mighty, and I'm like, yep. yeah, well, it's a different kind of product. It's all the same. Okay, sure. Yeah, right. yeah. Just yeah. keep telling yourself that. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry, that's my point. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, Randy's got it. It's like dude, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you want to talk cigarettes? Be all. I'll do it with you. Cigars, it's not the same. And it's funny when you hear people go like, "Oh, cigars are like, oh, like cigarettes are one thing. Cigars are like, I can't." Stand oh yeah, they're so like, big and they're so bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're ten times worse than cigarettes because they're so big. I know. Just because it's bigger, just because it's bigger, doesn't mean it's the same. Or it doesn't mean it's no, worse. It's not. And by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to totally say this history channel thing was. There's a couple of things when the Surgeon General gets involved at the end. I didn't agree with everything with either. It's just that process piece was really well done. Is what I'm saying. How they showed it, how they break down the difference in the two being made. 
All right. But there's cool. some stuff the at the disclaimer. end. I think. Yeah. Just. So I want to disclaim that too. There's some stuff at the end, but I I still think it was. Very, like, we could pull segments out of this, and we should be showing this to everyone we meet with in Congress. Oh yeah. You have a video. It's, it's been done. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's either way. I mean, there's going to be some stuff sometimes that you know. But for the most part, yeah. like you said, I think the most important part is the part you talked about. And um, yeah. Yeah, watch it, guys. Yeah. Seriously, it's good yeah. for you to know. Watch it, but like I said, as far Share as the it. social media stuff, I think mm -hmm. let's let's. This is why we need to be responsible about this stuff, uh, going going forward. It, 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 I think I, I know this was a controversial thing a year ago, but I am definitely on the side of responsible marketing. Uh, this content I am no longer publishing on Coop that I used to publish that I don't publish anymore, um, because I don't want my site being referenced in one of these reports either. It's already like I said. The thing that I was referenced in wasn't it was a festival, but I don't want to see this stuff. Like I said, let's not give them any ammunition here. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and they're going to look for it wherever they can find it at this point. Oh yeah, and like I said the, I think some of the influencer stuff, which by the way, there's some really good influencer content. So I'm not trying to bash it, but sometimes it it's it is perceived as you know being very youth oriented. You know, that's why I said, don't say you're trying to get a younger demographic. Be careful about saying that because it's going to be someone's going to pick it up and they're going to run with it. Very, very true. And I, I know. Yep. I, I and know they're going to run with it extremely. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are guilty of it, too. And they don't, you know, and they're very open. And, about you know, people I know who are good people. And I'm like, be careful. Yeah, just be careful. If you want to think that in the back of your mind, you're trying to reach the 25 to 30 year old. Yeah. If you say you're trying to reach a younger demographic, it could be perceived as 16 to 19, and we don't want that. So, yeah, I was just gonna say you need to dictate what the what the younger demographic is. You know, there needs yeah. to be a definition of exactly where that falls because everybody yeah. here knows that the government's gonna look at younger. Oh yeah, you're going after kids. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. that's, that's that's the interpretation of younger demographic, which is inaccurate at best. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. It needs to be specific. Um, absolutely, Carlito. Absolutely, Carlito. Love that guy. Yep. He's so right on this, and I'm really glad to see Carlito say it. I mean, I've heard Carlito, but yeah, this is very important what he's saying. For the, uh, for the people who are listening who can't see the comment, I'll read it. Yeah, um, please. It's a good comment. Yeah. Car Carlito, mm -hmm. Carlito had said, I absolutely agree. We have to circle the wagons, as you said, because we must be careful with every step the industry takes individually and as a whole moving forward. They are watching every move closely, and yes, I also agree they are going to come after how cigars are promoted, social media, print events, etc. We have to self-regulate as a whole and call out the selfish few who don't give a shit for the industry and are just in for the dollars and cents. Fuck them. Hopefully they will conduct good business sense and join us in the continuing fight. The past is the past. Let's all do what's right for the whole night. And yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good job, Carlito. That was an excellent he, comment. That's right. He that's said it much better than I was able to articulate it. But yes, I mean, well, that parallel, parallels exactly what he said at the the impromptu meet at PCA with his mic drop moment. I mean, that's that's essentially exactly yeah. the point he was trying to make. Yeah, he was trying to make that. And and look, I think you hang around. Carlito likes to have fun as much as anybody. 
Dude, so Falky and I can have fun. Trust we're, us, we, we know. We have fun when, we, when, we're, talking, <laughs> when we're, we're talking Fuente and when we're Fuente. You can have plenty of fun. But there's things that, you, obviously, you put you put these boundaries. I think putting these boundaries isn't a bad thing here. You know, you can still have plenty of fun. The other thing, too, is, you know, when you talk about when you talk about people like Carlito, Rocky, Pete Johnson, Steve Saka, you saw all these, these, these guys that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they love, they, they, they look up to, they think are so cool, they, when they get to meet them, it's like, you know, meeting their hero. And, you know, and trust me, I, I know how special that is. But just think about this for a second, right? If we lose these fights and shit like that happens, then those people that have worked so hard to build up to that level of their business, their status, and what they do, and all the good things that they do for other people, you know, like, you know, especially, like, with the Fuentes and the Newmans, what they do with CFCF. And the good thing that yeah. come out of that, and you know, there's the, and there's a lot of other charitable stuff that a lot of manufacturers do. Like Hiram and Solomon, they do yeah. a lot of stuff. You know, just think, like all that. Gets, Ernesto like, Perez is doing some stuff now for autism. Yeah. Yep. There's another one. Yep. But just think, all of those people and all those things that they use that status to do for good yeah. as well. This, Outside of like, cigars, it, it it gets destroyed. I mean, like, yeah, think, about, you know think, of, think about those kids in the Dominican that we do the fundraiser for every year. Yeah. You know, cigar family, you know, that's another victim you, of harsh you know it's, control. Of this you, know it's, you know what's sad, though? This report was calling it out as having other motivations, which I think is just ridiculous. It's disgusting. Um, it's disgusting how that report, like I said, though, well, there's an implication that they're doing it to try to – no. When you when you do something with Cigar uh, Family Charitable Foundation, there's nothing about cigars, right? Like when you when you went there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. There's no, it's not. It's not about cigars. You don't have a cigar there, by the way. You're not talking. You don't, there's no mention of cigars. Right? You get there, and you, it's about the foundation. It's about giving and what, what this is all going for. And, and I think that's why it was really important that you know you went down there. You did some coverage of it. I've gone down there half wheel. We've done coverage of this, and we'll continue to do coverage of this because we want to. And when we do this, there's no mention of a cigar in those reports. So no, no, uh, no, no. Nope. Uh, we spent some time with uh, Lizette Perez Carrillo at the show, uh, and we wanted to talk to her about the uh, Ellsworth Autism Program that uh, Carrillo is getting involved in. And we thought it was important. And again, it's not. We weren't really talking cigars at that point. We're talking about like, like, you know, what these commitments are, and these are genuine commitments. And I, I, I saw that report, and I'm like. I saw that study and I was just my blood boiled when I saw some of that stuff. It's just, but that's how they're coming after us right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And the shitty part about it is too. I mean, if people actually go down there and actually see the conditions that these people live in and what these charities are actually doing for them, I mean, if you couldn't get on the bandwagon to support it, there's something wrong with you. So, when, I, we, when yeah, we went, down, I agree. When we went down in Coop, I'm pretty sure you probably got showed this too. Uh, but to kind of piggyback onto Kevin's point, um, Carlito, we went to the school and Carlito showed us a photo that they have. Um, yep. And there's a photo of uh, this like little like like water well thing with like you know with clean water that they they built for the people down there. And he told me he goes, we built that with clean running water. Because when we first came down here, we saw all these kids. They had no shoes. They had no clothes. Because they had these giant bellies. And at first thought, you're like, oh, they got these fat bellies. They probably eat a lot. Which I guess is great for poor children. 
And then someone said, no, 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 no. That's not like from overfed. That's parasites in the contaminated water that they drink every day. And you go down to that school now and you see those kids. Yeah. They don't look like that. Little. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got I've gone into a few of the interior regions of Nicaragua outside of Esteli, and I saw poverty in Honduras too. And mm-hmm. I've seen poverty like I've never seen poverty before. Uh, it's it's a it's a very eye open. I've been to Cuba too, and I've seen some of it in Cuba, but more so I think in in, in Nicaragua is where I, in Honduras is where I saw it. And you know, like it's it's scary. I I you know, little things that you take for granted. Like basic shelter is not even available for some of these people. Um, it's, you know, I, I wanna... it's, it's heartbreaking to see some of that stuff. Like when we were just down yeah, in Honduras really, really, yeah. this year, you and know, you, you know... go down the Pan America Highway and you've got, you know, a eight-year-old standing, you know, at a speed bump in the middle of the Pan America Highway, selling a bag of bun, you know, a bag of muffins that they made that they little need to sell that to survive. You know that it, it is just—it's heartbreaking the conditions that these people have to live in. And as much as it's yeah. heartbreaking, you know, I'd love to bring my kids down there someday when they're old enough to understand to show them, like, you know, that this is what life is like for other people. Like, yeah, you know, so you understand like how lucky you are. Yeah. You know, th- this is how these people survive. You yeah, know? And, and it's not great. And you know, we, you know, we do what we can to help, but like, you know, this is a reality. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, yeah. and try to un- make them understand, like you know, this is you know, yeah. this is how a lot of people live, and it's sad. It yep. really is. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's very sad. And uh, you know, Cuba is a different story. I saw the poverty on the streets of Havana, and that's in an urban area um, as well. It's just, but the people are very warm, and every, you meet all these people. They're warm. They're good people. So, um, I think this industry. I, I've said this. I don't think there's an in, when it comes to a, a charitable cause. I think the, this industry rallies like no other industry does. And um, you know, when I hear someone say it's for selfish motivation, that's just nonsense. That's just nonsense. Uh, you know, we see it. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. Yeah, and you know, I I think that um, you know, getting kind of getting back to the point is just you know. It, you see, you, you see what a lot of people have done for these charities and other people. And, you know, there's people who do stuff for St. Jude. There's people who do, you know, autism, you know, under, po- you know, these, yeah. these, these impoverished, you know, people. And, yeah. and all, all yeah. the good that comes out of it. And, and, you know, a lot of these people, you know, these brand owners and people who like own these companies and work for these companies and, you know. We're fortunate that we know a lot of them pretty well, you know, better than most of, like, the average consumer does. Um, is a, We can tell you firsthand, like, you know, the business aside and, like, you know, public appearances aside, on personal levels, these are great people. And they do care about other people. And they do mm-hmm. use their business. And, it, you know, it's one of the things that I, I've always said this, you know. The, the, one of the reasons why we do what we do with CFCF every year is because I said from day one, you know, we... If, I, if I'm successful enough to turn smoking tobacco into a big enough platform where I can get people together to do some kind of charity, give back, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I said that from day one before anyone knew who the fuck I was. And we did it. You know, yeah. and I don't, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. 
the point I'm making is, you know, through the cigars and this community of people who are doing the same thing, you know, you get people together to do something good. And what brought us all together? Premium cigars. We all just like to hang out and smoke cigars and have a nice time. And most of the people in the community and in the industry are great people. And that's what made that possible, really. And, you know, it, it, it sucks. The point I'm trying to make is that it sucks when you see these you know, these studies done and these organizations and the government and they just put like this fat label on everybody like, oh, they smoke tobacco products. They're pieces of shit. That's essentially yeah. what it says. And it's like, really? Like, okay. We do more, we do more for underprivileged people than a lot of people. Yeah. And, a ton. And, and, a ton. And it, and it ton. sucks. Like, that. you know, this community gets labeled that way. It's, 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 well, because it goes gross. back to the whole thing that it goes against the narrative that they're trying to push. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, they can't do it. It's tobacco. It's bad. They can't do anything good. And it's just, it, that is complete and total bullshit. It's like, oh, God forbid we help people and it hurts your narrative. You know? Yep. It's, sorry, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but it's true. And, 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 that's, and that's really what's a piece of the problem, you know, is yeah. there's a lot of goodness in this industry. And like Coop just said, you know, it's, you get this blanket statement of like, Oh, and it's like, it's, it's, it's sad when I see this about that happen. So again, that's what this is really all about too. I mean, it, it protects our love of the leaf. It protects the good that comes out of it. It protects, you know, just our freedom to just, you know, be able to have a cigar and just in, enjoy life. Like we all do every day. I mean, <laughs> You know, and we're not out there hurting anybody. You know, um, I was always raised that this was the greatest country in the world and you could do whatever you want here. And, you know, as time goes on, you see shit like this and you're like, I'm what not hurting hell? anybody, you know? So yeah. that that's that's my rant on the, uh, on the FDA thing, really. Anyway. So, uh, Coop, do we uh, do we move on to the other big news story from this week? Uh, up your call. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to beat the horse too dead on this one, as much as it is important. Yeah. Um. All right. So this is a, something a little bit different. This is something unique. We don't really see a lot of. Um. And some of these people are here, and they'll be interesting. Some of you may or may not hear this. You can read about it at smokingtobacco.com, and I guess you can go to cigar-coop.com too. Um, <laughs> it's only fair. He's here. He's only fair. I have to say it. Um, but uh, you can read about it on both of our websites. Um, All Saints Cigars and McAuliffe Cigars have unified their sales team. Now, to be clear, uh, it's not a merger. The companies are not merging together. There was no buyout. Uh, so it's not it's not like that. They're, they're not combining the companies. Um, what they've done is they've combined their sales teams. And Mickey Pegg, founder and well, co co-founder and owner of All Saints Cigars, will now be the head of the unified sales team between the two companies that will still, business-wise, operate individually for their own personal gains and interests. Uh, but there will be a unified sales team that helps to drive the sales for both brands. Um, Coop, we talked a little bit about this the other day. Dan Thompson is here with us, as you can see. There's his comments. I'm sure he could chime yeah. in on this. Mickey does watch the show from time to time. It's too bad he's not here tonight because yeah. it would be cool. To By the way, we will have Mickey and Dan on, on primetime on Thursday night. 
So, nice. Uh, yeah, so we will really have we really go in depth with this, but I think we can give some thoughts on this too. Um, certainly. Yeah. So, Coop, uh, right out of the gate, you know, what what are your thoughts on this? This is something a little bit different, I think, than we see. Yeah, there was some other examples I was looking at in the past, um, but this one I think was unique in that basically the companies are just really combining the sales teams, and I believe from talking to Mickey, they're they're probably gonna all Saints will leverage some of McCall's marketing department as well. So I think you'll have that. But as far as invoicing, fulfillment goes, production, they're going to maintain separate production. You know, McAuliffe will produce their own cigars, and Mickey will continue to work with Rocky's factories. Um, it is unique. It's not a distribution agreement either, which I think that's where it gets a little uh, – you know, it's, it's some companies sometimes will have a distribution agreement. But in this case, Mickey's kind of becoming an integral part of this is the difference, right? So it's under Mickey's leadership, and he look he needed he needed a uh, a field sales team. He really did. I mean, I think if you had to say what Mickey was one of Mickey's, I don't want to say struggles, but one of his challenges he had is he did not have a dedicated sales team, and nor was he in a position to ha- to build a dedicated sales. It takes many years to do that. I've seen companies try to do it too early and kill themselves doing it. Mm. Right? You, I've seen companies go out of business because they tried to do it way too early. So in this case, um, I think this was a very smart move. And at the same time, Mickey is an absolute, uh, as far as national sales managers, VPs of sales go, he has got a very, very strong uh, resume on this, going back to his CAO days. Yep. So now, now McAuliffe, which has built their sales team, it's still a, it's still a younger sales team because the company's only been in business you know, uh, six, seven years, right? So it's a younger sales team. They could benefit from Mickey's experience right now. Um, it's a unique situation. I don't. I haven't seen this situation happen quite like this. There's been a couple of other cases it's happened to, it, but not quite like this. So um, it's always. Ex- but I think it was also received very well. Uh, I think particularly uh, consumers seem pretty excited about it. So the consu- when the consumers were excited about, because I think these are two companies people really like. Uh, they they're popular companies. I think they're they're both growing brands. Uh, how can you not be excited about this? And I'm just excited to have the opportunity to cover this and see where it goes. And I think I'm 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 the glass half full guy on this thing. I think it could be very good for both companies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, and Dan commented as growing boutique companies working together with, will help both companies realize our goal. Um, yeah. And it's it is it's interesting. I mean, you you're you're banding together. You're using the resource. You're resources of two companies together uh, for the benefit of growing both businesses without having to buy one out, have a distribution agreement and all this other stuff. Just kind of like, hey, we're working together. Uh, and, you know, I know Dan is a very outside-the-box thinker. Yep. Um, I think I, – I, 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 like I like to think, based on my conversations with Dan and how well I know Dan – um, Dan has a very extensive background in the tech industry. You know, he worked for Microsoft for like 20-something years. Um, and I know that that industry is, is obviously very like that. They're very forward-thinking, and uh, it's, it's just how they work. And I think that that's a, that's a tool that Dan has used in this industry. Uh, and this is a good example of that, to, trying to think outside the box, to find something different to do. Um, and you know, you have to give them credit for trying and seeing yep. where it goes because you know, Hey, 
maybe maybe it will work for them and you know that would be good you know i mean i i look i love both of them we want to see them succeed so you know of course if this is something that they can try and it works for them great if it doesn't you know hopefully it it, it doesn't work out in a way where it, it damages the companies um but you know hey they're gonna they're gonna try this and and maybe it'll help strengthen um and maybe make it easier you know for both of those companies to kind of do things i know mickey doesn't already kind of have a like a very big sales team so this is something that you know as a re for for them you know, that's a huge resource for them and then you know mccalf brings in someone who who knows this part of this industry very specifically so well like coop you just said um yeah. so there's a lot of trade-offs and you know they help each other well, like, I mean, to yeah. your point, I mean, I see the whole thing kind of as a win-win because, I mean, you know, now you're getting cigars, you know, both brands of cigars in the markets that, you know, maybe they weren't there before. And, you know, to the point you just said, I mean, if it works great, I mean, it could redefine a business model for companies to look at down down the road. And for some reason, if it doesn't, I mean, I really don't see that anybody really loses anything. Yeah, you know, and uh, I agree. And like I said, I think, um, you know, getting into when you, like McAuliffe's team, I saw a comment from, from, from our friend there about 41. It's not that the age of the people on the team, it's the maturity of the organization we're talking about here. And mm -hmm. uh, it just ta it takes a long time to build a sales team. It's not a, it's not an easy, I built sales teams. I, I, I went through, right now in my current job, we have built a sales organization from the ground up. And, uh, you know, we're still feeling it is what I'm saying. Even four years into it, we, I still feel like we are we we could benefit from more experience just doing this uh, uh, on a day in, day out basis for this particular model of our company. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in my company for almost 20 years and kind of the same thing. It's like they're constantly striving yeah, yeah. to, you know, find the next greatest thing for the sales team and find out, you know, what model works best and what's the best method to go. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I first saw this and I was kind of like, wait, what are they doing? Um, and I really had to, like, read it. And I was like, okay. And I kind of understood. But, you know, Dan made a comment. Uh, here it is. He said, it's an old ranching model called neighboring. That's the term for, according to Dan, that is what, that is kind of the term for what the two companies are doing. Um, yeah. And it is. It's an interesting model. But yeah, um, oh, and Jay, Jay Davis is here. Yeah. It, it, you know, I go back to the old form, storm, norm, perform thing. So you could look at where both companies are in that in that process. I could think wow. maybe McCall's getting to the norm piece right now. And certainly, I think maybe All Saints is not quite there yet. So you kind of, I always kind of plug in and see how you can get to that perform piece and what can you do to close the gap to get the perform. Because that's ultimately where you want to be. Jay Davis, so what you're saying is Mickey won his role at McAuliffe in a poker game four of a kind? I don't get it. I don't <laughs> so get I it either. <laughs> I don't get it. Jay, you have to elaborate. Yeah. I, yeah. I, by the way, I was with Mickey on uh, Wednesday, actually. I was with him when the FDA thing actually happened. Uh, he was in Charlotte on his first sales call. Um, and literally, uh, he couldn't have been more excited and, and fired up about this. So... Uh, he seemed really like uh, you know. I heard him use the term "roll his sleeves up, get so He was ready to go. It was uh, it was really because I kind of got. It was kind of cool to see it at the very beginning. 
of that. Um, so I think it's exciting to kind of see that for sure. Yeah, and you know, Mickey is like I said, Mickey's a great guy. Um, he's a hard guy. It's an, it's hard to not love Mickey Peg. Um, yep. And this would be so. Here's a question. So, do they have like a combined booth at the trade show? According to, and I don't want to speak for you know Dan, but according to Mickey, right now they don't. Uh, whether they have, I, I, it sounds like they may have a Jason booth or something like that. But I don't want to speak again on that. But because I did ask that, so uh, you know, I think we'll get into you know a little more maybe with the two principles. But I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure they don't want to be on opposite ends of the trade show floor with a combined sales force. Is what I'll say. But they may still want to have different booths for individuality. You know. Uh, because All Saints is, is still very much All Saints Cigars. It's not McAuliffe Cigars. And McAuliffe Cigars is not All Saints Cigars. There's different stories behind that. There's a different tobacco story. There's a different branding story. So, it, it, you know, but I think at the same time, if you're going to have a common sales team, they need the booze need to be very close together. So I'm sure they're going to have to work at a minimum with that. Yeah, and Dan said... I remember seeing that on Yellowstone. The four sixes ranch. Dan said we are working with PCA to finalize. Our goal is a booth to feature both companies. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, Drew State's done it for years with the Hoya. I mean, they have, and Hoya's always had the individuality in there. It, it could happen. Um, I've seen that, so it works. You know, uh, but you want to have your sales. I think you want to. The key thing is in these situations, like I see the broker. I don't know if you've seen when brokers go to the trade show. Have, They're like yeah. bouncing around like like a pinball machine. They're all over the place because, you know, and it's, and it's challenging for them at times because you know they're trying to be in two places at the same time. Yeah, and I know that Mickey was using a lot of brokers before, and you know this this would be good to have more of a centralized sales team um, to really help that brand grow, which I think will be great for them. I, I, I think yeah, I think it's a good. Like I, said, I think it's a really good thing um, because I think All Saints. Uh, the problem that Mickey had with All Saints is he was a one-man show. He was chef, cook, and bottle washer. And that's not taking anything away from the brokers, but um, the brokers aren't necessarily like, – it's hard to get a broker because they're so busy to be an extension of the brand. And I think now what you'll see with All Saints is that the, the, the sales team at McAuliffe will be an extension of that brand. So when your, your rep walks in there, they're, they're representing you know both companies there um, because your rep is the guy who ultimately like, – Ultimately, if you're gonna have successful events and you can do successful things, you, you have to have your field sales force feel like they're an extension of the brand. Drew State had that problem years ago with Jonathan Drew, and I saw how they evolved their sales team model over the last few years. Where now they, you know, you, a, a rep goes in there, and you know, you you don't, you don't need to worry about having Jonathan Drew there. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I had something I was going to say, and I forgot. Um, damn it. I hate when that happens. Um, another thing I thought of when I saw this is, is it just me, or do I smell a potential collaboration between the two companies on a cigar release? Nope. I don't see anything with that. Maybe they could do it, but I don't see that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I don't see that either. Okay. I don't see okay. it either. I, I think these companies have their plans made up. Does it happen at some point? Possibly. I just don't see that right now. Um, Not out of the I, gate. I Not out of the gate. But if it if, works, if, long term. Does it? Need, do they need to? 
I mean, did he really need to is the question. I guess that's because, true. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, it's never say never, but, like, I'm not saying never say never, but I know, you know, most companies have their plans made for the next few years, and both both McAuliffe and All Saints are very strategic-thinking companies. So I, I don't see it. I don't know if necessarily that would be a good thing either. Uh, okay. Okay. So I'm guessing now we have uh, Rocky Mountain coming up here in a couple of weeks. Are they going to be together at Rocky Mountain? No. Good question. My guess, my guess would be yes. Do they both Dan, go? I'm I know. Sh- Dan, Dan, I'm Mickey, sure Mickey could, told- could advise on that. Mickey's going. I think Mickey's going. Is what I heard. Because he was asking me about going. Yeah. I'm not going this year. It's just I can't work it out with my schedule. Is that a Rocky Patel lighter? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, there you go. Yeah. That, those, these, by the way, he makes great accessories, Rocky Patel. So uh, yes. this is the this is the Burn series lighter, um, and uh, I love these lighters. They're not, they fit, we talked about KMA this morning, so that's I was asking about lighters before because I had this one down here. Is that the uh, soft flame? Is that the one that's soft flame and torch, or no? No, it's just torch, double flame. Okay. Yeah, this is just double flame. I, I am, I you know, I have a couple of those those dual lighters, and I never use the soft flame to be honest with you. So, I was looking at those at just at a being in here, and it's like I thought they were they were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know, I got it. You know, I had on we had a Mike Giordano the other night on primetime, and those Palio lighters they gave out those pistolas are great lighters. Yeah, I missed out on I, that. You had to use your media. You had to use your media credentials. Oh, oh, yeah, I had to use your media credentials. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, they they are. I'm sure you could probably get one from from Joe. Um, they are. Uh, I mean, I've been using this a lot, and it's just very. I mean, I I probably use this lighter the most since I got back from PC, and it's just it's just working, performing great. Me too. Me too. I've been using this a lot. It feels good. It's got a big tank. Uh, it's, it feels like it's. Not a cheap lighter either. I feel like it's a very mm-hmm. durable. Light. I've dropped. I've dropped it a couple of times. It's been fine. So, um, you know, I drop lighters a lot. So, yeah, it's nice and it holds a lot of fuel. Like it does, and it here, uses but... the fuel very. It uses the fuel very judiciously. So it's not. It's 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 very. Uh, it doesn't burn through your tank. Some of those lighters I've seen burn through a tank pretty fast. Like I filled this up before the show because it was actually starting to finally get low. So you can't really see like the fuel line there, kind of, sort of. Like I said, I don't want to out of focus myself, but like all of that, that's just full fuel. Yeah, that's that's all fuel. That's a lot of fuel. Yeah, and I like that style lighter too, where it's just it's where it's angled. It's just, it just, it's just it's, the convenience factor of it is huge. Uh, it feels good in your hand yeah. too. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's easy yeah, to manipulate. Yeah, they uh, they definitely uh, like I said, they definitely I think did well with this. It was a great thing they. That they gave out at the opening party too. Yeah, it's true. I, how much did that retail for? Is it thirty bucks? No, it's like fifteen. That's it. Yeah, they're like yeah. fifteen ninety nine. That's a great letter. For great, I mean, it's it's. I mean, don't take it. Don't don't take it on your plane. Uh, you know, just unless you're gonna put it in your you know check bag, but don't put take this on a plane. Nope, that's uh, not legal either, Coop. Well, that's what I'm, <laughs> I always I always, <laughs> I, I have so I have. I, I used to use the plastic lighters, you know, but now I'm seeing some of the uh, newer equipment detect those plastic lighters. So mm-hmm. I've kind of given up on those. 
and uh, I've moved forward with. I got now the one that has the kind of the uh, the soft flame bic lighter insert uh, yeah. that they can't detect. They can't detect that, so I feel much better about that. Jay Davis said, "Coop will use that lighter until Rafael Nadal sends him a new one." He doesn't make lighters. I was I was gonna say I don't remember them having lighters. I, uh, oh no, I've gotten some branded lighters. It is that's true. They have some branded ones, but they don't make me. Look, I I I could call any. I mean, Jay, I could call anyone up and get a lighter. So it's like, um, it, it's uh, you know, um, I mean, except Dupont, right? I oh, tried with I tried with I, tr I tried with less. I did try with less, so I ain't gonna lie. Would you ask <laughs> for a line two to... sample? Line, yeah, I said, yo, line two. Uh, he was laughing at me on it. I'm like, haha, good one, right? And you're like, yeah, uh, like, I could get. I oh, I have. I've gotten uh. The mini jet lighter. Uh, they gave those out for free one year at the Davidoff dinner. Oh, really? So I have. That's yeah, they cool. Get, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I just have that up in my office upstairs. I really don't use it much. It's kind of in my collection. Uh, because I'll lose it if I take it out. I'll lose it in the house even if it happens. So. I've got one this of those nice. right here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't check luggage in a lot though. Like I'm like for my trip tomorrow, I'm not checking luggage in. So, uh, you know. I always check because whenever I travel, there's a good chance that I'm going to be bringing booze back. So, gotta right, right, place, right. Got to, got to have a place to yeah. put it. No matter where I yeah. go, I bring booze back. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, are you going to Rocky Mountain this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, You're yeah. My, my, yeah. My employer short. Our, our original plan was to ride to Harley, but my uh, employer decided I've already had too much time off this year, so my uh, trip was shortened to two days off during the week so yeah i have a i have a trip next month so it's like i'm going to texas next month and i'm I am driving for that one so uh yeah i'm not gonna be able to, to go um and then so yeah it is what it is but i will I, that's the one event i want to go to i haven't been to. yeah i haven't been to uh I, I haven't been to rocky mountain um and this year i certainly won't be able to travel I probably won't. I won't travel again until next year. So, yeah, I got. I'm going to. I'm going to McAuliffe Open House next month, uh, and I'm probably gonna make an appearance at Lizona Palooza this year. I just don't know if I could stay the whole weekend. That's the. I may not be able to get until Friday with that one, just because of conflicts. Um, with that, had I had 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 we not had the baby coming, I might have tried to do the McAuliffe Open House and turned into like a little bit of a Texas tour. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go see Jay. I'm gonna go see Bear, uh, and I'll go to McAuliffe, obviously. So I'm gonna be able to, to go see a lot of things. Yeah, I'm driving to Texas, Jay. And then Nicole actually mentioned, you know, coming up in September, the New England Cigar Expo. Yeah, I would love to have gone to that one. Um, again, it's just, uh, I have to, and that's gonna be interesting how that. that I think they're gonna do a good job with that. Yeah, it's. And I'm glad they're putting some of these things later in the year now. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, you know, every year I'll just have to pick and choose what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, just go from like next year, I think I'm going to enter tobacco, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm trying to plan for that. We'll see what the budget holds with that, but, uh, it's, it's in the plan for next year. Yeah. Inner tobacco is on our list as well. Um, it would be nice to I, go next year. We'll have to see what the events are. For the year and all that looks like oh. yeah my wife uh 
I'm not coming to hang out with you, Alan. No, I'll be at McAuliffe. I'll be over at the McAuliffe thing, but I'm going to do other things that week there. I mean, I know you guys have meetings and stuff that week, too. Yeah, Alan. Uh, so. Coop's got shit to do. He's got people to see. He's a VIP. Yeah, I got... No, I, I was talking to Mickey because I said, you know, and Dan, and I know what some of the schedule stuff they have going on now. So, so I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be out there on Saturday, and I'm going to be at the dinner at Riata um, the night before. So that's the plan with that. We're a trip to Texas and a McAuliffe Open House. That sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, I mean, actually, I've driven, I've driven to Dallas before and back. Uh, it's a one night. I, I can do it. I usually will drive to Arkansas the first night, and then from Arkansas to Dallas the second. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a road trip to Texas coming up with Matt Booth here at some point. Because I've had I've had Matt Booth's display cases in our spare bedroom now since. 2020 so we need to get those down to club humidor at some point so he's talking about flying in and renting a u-haul and driving to texas oh my god yeah and i would never be, going be through, like and you got the fact that you're gonna be going through the desert with him is scary kevin can i come with you i would never be the same again kevin can i come with you just Dude. to document this 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 you have to oh, document yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it would, you, you'd have to have, we'd have to have like, you know, in-car cameras and stuff for the whole trip. Oh, I got just, the GoPro. one of those things that, yeah, it's just one of those things that, that you, you have to live it to understand it. We got the, yeah. we got the, we got the little, we got the little lav mics. We can mic everyone up. <laughs> 15 hours, of, 15 hours in the cab of a U-Haul with Matt Booth. And then we got, uh, that would be, that would be life-changing for sure. We got the windshield mount the camera too i got all the accessories we can mount it right there right on both people got the microphones it's a whole thing there might be there might be some stuff happening that you don't want on camera well we don't have to share it but you know, <laughs> we can get it <laughs> we can get it but we don't have to share it. <laughs> when you when you guys are going through new mexico and utah it's we're in the middle of nowhere and he's just like bro pull over here I want to show you something. <laughs> like, there's nothing around. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, here we go. Also, you know what's going to happen? Is they're going to say, you can't smoke in the U-Haul. It's a, like a $300 fee. But, and Matt's going to be like, oh, fuck that noise. Like, we're smoking in this fucking U-Haul. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's right. You just, bring a, just, just bring an ozone generator along with you and you're good. Like the what Ben and I after the damage Ben and I did on the rental car to Florida earlier this year, because the thing is, um, oh, what'd you do? No, we I don't like the windows open when I when I'm driving. So you hot box? Like I guess the wind kills. I hate wind in a cigar, so I hate it. So uh, <laughs> hot box. <laughs> but but uh, I'm, that's what it's called. See, I'm spoiled. <laughs> I'm spoiled because I have the sunroof. So the sunroof, I will get the sunroof open with it. Uh, we I mean, that smoke's got to go so. somewhere, you know. You just don't want to be. It, it went on the seat. It went on the seats. <laughs> I not, not only did Ozean born, I had to have that car interior detailed when it got back. Like you did it on your own, or they had to do it and you paid for it. Yeah. Um, I paid for it. Like uh, my son told me, basically what they do is the rental car places at the airport. They just take it to a car wash, right? But they charge mm -hmm. you. For, they're gonna charge. So he said, "That's what they're gonna do," and then they, you know. So I OZM'd it, and it got some of it out. Um, but then I went to the car wash, and I said, I just need – and there were ashes, like, in crevices of the seats and everything. So I really needed that thing cleaned well inside. Barbara said, do I get to go? And I'm like, 
It's not that she's not invited, you, but I don't think she would, would wanna you wa- go. Why yeah, would you, you want to yeah, go? Yeah, that's the question. Would you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. you, Barbara? Would you want to be involved in that in a U-Haul yeah. with those two clowns for yeah. however long that takes? Ay-yi-yi. I I think. By the way, I think my son may be going to Club Humidor this weekend. He's in Austin. I know they're going down to San Antonio tomorrow, so I think he may be going to Club Humidor. I know he's, he's looking a- for some places. It's a great lounge. Yeah. I, I've I've yeah. I've been there once, and I mean, what a what a cool place. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he was asking me for places. So. But but going back to your to your rental car thing, um, I'm friends with a with a, a a guy here in town that drives for Uber, and he's had a couple instances where he's had a fair vomit in his car. Uh. And he used one of the ozone generators that real, you know, basically realtors use to put in a house to get smoke small out of a house and whatnot. He says, you know, I put that in my garage. He goes, put in the, pull the car in the garage, put the ozone generator in the front seat, crack the, you know, run the cord out the window and plug it in, run it overnight. And he goes, it, you can't smell anything in it the next morning. It literally gets wow. everything out. Dan Thompson said, Kevin, freight service, not U-Haul. Yeah, but Dan... That would that would eliminate the experience. Yeah, um, there's no advent, there's no adventure in that. I know, Dan. Like that's that's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But like, where's I mean, the think story? Fifteen fifteen hours of man love. I mean, think about that, Dan. Where's the story? I, where's yeah, the? I would, I would use a. I I don't get Dan hire hire freight. That's because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Coop. That's because, I, don't, I don't want. Me, that, that's because you couldn't last stuff. more than twenty minutes in a car with Matt. <laughs> It's not even that. I don't want to lift anything. I don't, I don't want to lift anything. I, I don't want to lift anything. You know, that's the thing, too. Matt will fly in, get the U-Haul. He'll make you load him up. He'll get in, and he'll ride with you. You're driving, just so you know. Listen, I, I, listen, and then I drove you get there, and Matt goes, him. Kevin, unload this freight while he stands there and shoots the shit. I just went through <laughs> this with Jose Blanco. I was, so I know. Oh, that's right. You were Jose's little chauffeur for a day. That was nice. I was Jose. Yeah, that was yeah, that was great. I, I was following you the the whole time. You guys are going around town. I was like, hey, I know, know where that's at. The, I know where that's at. I, you know, what's funny is uh, he thought he had this Mexican restaurant planned out, right? It was in Tucson, right? Because otherwise, it was just ping you and said, hey, where's the Mexican restaurant? But then he found this other one, which was right near. And that one you turned out was was Kevin approved. So, uh, but yeah, I see. But I also, I also was a chauffeur for my dad for a while uh, when I was in college. So, I, I you know, I kind of know the drill. It's, it's, uh, it's not a fun job. Well, Jay Davis said I made it 25 minutes in a car with Coop, despite what people say. He's a good driver. What do people say about you, Coop? I'm an aggressive driver. Well, I am too. But I live in Boston. So yeah, but I drove in Manhattan. I drove in Manhattan, which so you get you That's, learn. Yeah, you just yeah. learn. You learn cut into lanes, and you know it's, you know. I uh, drive. I yeah. I drive like I'm qualifying for the Daytona 500. Yeah, I drive like Tony Soprano. Is the best <laughs> way to, except I don't wreck cars like he does. Like, but but that's the best way to put it. I think I drive like Tony Soprano. I just see Matt going like you know if we have to if the Texas thing ends up happening and I have to drive that's actually not a bad thing because I I have a thing like letting other people drive I'm just not if I'm not in control I'm not comfortable so I'd have to drive anyhow so we'd we'd be good Kevin this is this is Coop. Cool.
Don't 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 leave that out too long. You don't want to get this thing pulled down. <laughs> there's this coop just driving with his cigar and just being like, Jose, where do you want to go? <laughs> oh, I, I Jose couldn't smoke in the car. I told him. I said, I'm not. Oh I'm, really? I time to go get this. I said I can't get. The, like, he didn't give me a problem on that because he. But uh, the problem is like, yeah, I didn't have time to get the car cleaned out or anything like that. So like, because we had to go to the airport that night. Oh, that's right. That was your last day in town. It, it was, uh, he's like, yeah, Coop, let's go see the Fry Boys. And he's like, <laughs> it was, uh, I want to, it was, like, here's the thing that was really cool about that Jose experience is I have the only, you know, I don't get to spend a lot of time with Jose in person when we see each other. Sometimes he's been in Charlotte, you know, visiting, but he's with a, he's with a retailer. At the show, he's really busy. I did get to spend some time with him in the DR. That was probably the only other time I spent time. But this was kind of the first one-on-one time I had with him for a whole day, uh, knowing him for over 10 years. So it was it was a great experience to hang with him, actually. Yeah, he's no, an amazing individual. He is. I mean, and to have that luxury, to be alone with him for all that time. and he He had three bags, okay? Three bags. These things had a way. They were a ton. They dead weighed a ton, right? I, he's set, look, he's not a you know he's seventy plus. Look, God bless him for seventy plus. He's great, but man, those are heavy bags for like a thirty year old. Is what I'm just gonna tell you. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that he he travels pretty heavily. He yeah, cigars. <laughs> he's got his cigars. Yeah, Nicole gives me a hard time for you know bringing a checked bag and a carry on, and they're both full, coming and going, and. I'm That's like, going to be expensive too, going to Europe because they have uh, it's much more restrictive on weight than it is in the United States. Yeah, yeah, I know. There was, I think that's why. Yeah, he definitely was concerned on that. Um, but yeah, he uh, I was. I got to give him credit, man. These were, he- I mean, they're wheel bags, but man, they were heavy bags. <laughs> Just like because I wheeled them down to the garage at the uh, Palazzo, and then I had to lift these into the trunk. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> And I'm like, it's all like, you're all right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, these things are like, wait a t- these things had to weigh like 80 pounds a piece. They were not, they were not light. <laughs> you need to tell him, hey, Jose, your bags need to go on a diet like you told Matt. He needs to. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> don't, you know, don't even don't get me started. You know, Matthew, you, you know, you're getting kind of chubby. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. He just went. Whoa, you're fat. You know, you put on some pounds. I'm like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) You know what I should have said? Like, wow, you look great for 85. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'm like, okay, gee, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, Jay Davis. I spent a day with Jose and Frank Seltzer with Ernesto Perez Carrillo a few years ago. It was an awesome time of fellowship. Yeah, I did it with Carlito and Jose a couple of years ago, Pro Cigar, right before Pro Cigar. It was it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah. It's a little unique. Like I said, there's not a lot of opportunity. Look, when Jose's at a trade show, Jose knows people in the industry for forever. Like, and he his believe me, his time is really fragmented. I, that's why I was when he called me up saying, "What are you doing this day?" I'm like, I said, "I'm in, Jose. Whatever you need." Because uh, he doesn't normally have a lot of time. I mean, he's really, he's like, you know, he walks into the first one, he walks in, he's like the mayor, you know, because he's so well-respected. But then, you know, he's getting pulled in a million different directions, too. So it was really good to kind of have that time. Jay said, Jose is skinny because all the years he was running away from dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. That's a good one. I hope Carlito saw that. So he could one say, of my favorite ones to tell people of age is like, wow, it's like you're around when dirt was invented. Well, that's how I feel about the two of you. I mean, you know. Oh, everyone got quiet. Look at that. Um, <laughs> it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny when it's at your expense. You and Boy, you, you and boy Wonder. Uh. Boy Wonder. God. He's older than me. But he looks like he's I, half I was, my age. I was, I, I was surprised when I heard that. By the way, he had I well I didn't really get his reaction because uh, the McAuliffe All Saints thing. But I mean, he must have just been uh, thought he won the lottery when that happened. Wait, say that again. Sorry, I was reading Jay's latest comment Bo at my expense. Boy Wonder must have been. Uh, I have a Hawaiian shirt older than that, and I'm not lying about that. It just didn't fit me. Um, yeah, you but, missed uh, that part, Jay. <laughs> but no, it's um, you know what they're just saying. I lost my train of thought now. Something about Boy Wonder, uh -oh. the McAuliffe thing? Matthew. Oh, yeah, Boy Wonder. Oh, yeah, he's got to be thrilled about this McAuliffe All Saints announcement. I mean, this is, you know. I'm sure he was very happy about it. Oh, yeah. Matt's getting in trouble with Barb. Uh, yeah, I am. I know. Well, I forgot about Matt gets that. in trouble all the time. All the, with all the, all the important women in my life, I always get in trouble with at some point or another. Just tends to happen. I don't know. I do it to myself. What can I say? I was actually gonna wear a concert T-shirt tonight. That's older than Matthew. You know, it's funny. I have, I, you know, I'll do that. I have a couple as well that actually still fit me. I have a, I have a Sting concert sweatshirt from 1985 that I still wear, Sting? and it looks great. It looks brand new. Yeah, Sting from his Dream of the Blue Turtles. I bought a, I bought a sweatshirt. It still fits me. Yeah, I've got a I've got a concert T-shirt from Night Ranger from 1983, and then I've got the Van Halen 1984 tour T-shirt. Boy, boy, Night Ranger when they those first two albums with Night Ranger were amazing. I, and then they just oh, kind of fell off the map. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're uh, still they're still rocking and rolling. I took Barb to go. Barb had never seen them, and I took her to see them last year. And it's like, it's amazing. Kelly Kagi, 70 years old, and still. Yeah. Slamming the yeah. drums and still has his voice. Yeah, I don't go. Really, uh... I don't have one quite that old, but it's still about twenty years old. I have a Rolling Stones T-shirt from the Bigger Bang Tour in two thousand five. I don't know if it fits me though. I was a lot skinnier back there. I've never seen the Stones live. <sighs> me either. I don't know if I'll ever will either. Now, to be honest with you, but um. But uh, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of their, I've watched video and stuff of them live. But yeah, I've so, never seen the Stones live. So I saw Pink Floyd in Cleveland Stadium. That was cool. Yeah. I saw Roger Waters on the Wall Tour in 2010, and I know it's not the same as seeing Pink Floyd, but I mean, the Wall is a pretty important album too. So I mean, it was cool to see a lot of those songs. Like I got to see, mm -hmm. I got to see him do. Comfortably numb live, that solo. Yeah. Like that, one of the best best guitar solos in rock and roll. Yeah, you know you get to the, see uh, that live. That's pretty badass. Do you guys know Stace Berkland at all? He's like, you know, you probably see him in a lot of chats. And I stuff. know of He's him, but I don't really know him personally. He he actually is a musician as well, and he does a cover of Comfortably Numb that I would say is the best cover I've ever heard anyone do. He just nails it. He plays the keyboards with it though when he does it, but it's still real. His voice is just unbelievable on on his cover of that. 
Yeah, I and, and Mitchell Mitchell um, is a musician too. He plays the bass, but I've never yeah. heard him play. I, I'm curious to see. I how actually, I actually, that's is. the one instrument I played with. I, 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 I'm not saying I played the bass, but I've tried to tried the bass. Um, I had a bass for a while, so uh, it's it's hacking. But he likes what he He likes that Breaking Benjamin, right? That's the band he likes. It's Breaking Benjamin. Who Mitchell? The t- yeah, the T-shirt that he wears that Breaking Benjamin T-shirt. No, is that's that not the what he one wears. He wears a T-shirt. No, it's it's Benjamin Dakota Rogers. He's a he's a younger up. Okay, name. I knew it was Benjamin. Okay, yeah. I knew it was Benjamin in it. Yeah, I knew it was. Say, so Breaking Benjamin's Benjamin. actually a pretty good band. They are, um, but no, that's not not, not my deal. But they have a huge following, uh, uh, particularly I think with people Matt's age too. Yeah, yeah. one of the most unique concerts I ever got to see. I I went to go see. Back when I lived in Ohio at the Richford Coliseum, I saw Eric Clapton. He had Phil Collins playing drums. Oh, man. That was epic. What a well, cool a concert where, that was. Wow. There was that a would point be cool. where Phil Collins was the most sought after session musician in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And he would do a lot of, con- he would tour, he'd go on tours or guest appearances. And yeah, he was a very sought after. And he, and he actually uh, played drums on a couple of Eric Clapton songs. Maybe a couple albums. Yeah, that, that was album. so cool to see him live with Eric Clapton on the drums. Yeah. C. Sherman, I feel like Coop secretly loves gangster rap. I wouldn't be surprised. And Kevin still watches Duck Dynasty. And Matt was <laughs> and Matt was too young to have a MySpace. No. I had a MySpace. It was all decked out. Old school. Like, I had the layout. I had all the different widgets. I had it all. I had my MySpace was on tap. Back the question the is, Matt, did you have AOL? I did. I did. Wow. Yep, I had AOL. I had I had I had AOL dial up in 2000, 2000, 2001. Um I got my first computer and I had dial up and uh I had to do the thing we had to call and you had to hear all the screeching sounds and you, basically you would set it up and then you'd go and do something and wait for it to connect. Um, I had that. I had a MySpace. Um, I had AIM because I was. St- I'm still part of the generation that before text messaging and everything, like you had AIM, and you had your away message and all that shit. I had all that. Had it all set up. Had it on tap. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not that young. I'm young. Kevin, do you? Re- but I'm not that young. Kevin, do you remember the BBSs? No. So BBSs were the predecessor of the forums before there was internet. And what you would do is um, you would, you'd set, people would set up a computer that would have a bulletin. Was, BBS was a bulletin board system. And you'd set up a dedicated computer and you'd host a bulletin board. Um, and it, it was like a forum like anything else, but you dial it. It was a number you had to dial to get into the bulletin board. It was all done through dial up. And uh, you know what? I do remember it, that. I do. Yeah, remember I that. had one. I had one for, I actually had one for a while. It was called Telefleet. Uh, I remember it was Netzero. a very short lived event. It was in '83. This thing was Netscape Navigator. Oh yeah, Netscape. You, me and Mitchell were talking about that. I remember Netscape <laughs> Navigator. I had that. <laughs> I had that way back in the day. Uh, what else was out Jay's there? Right. ICQ. That's accurate. Yeah, that was like the ICQ. ICQ was ICQ was like the best of those. It was the most sophisticated, but it was mm-hmm. also the least 
uh, user friendly. Yeah, but I definitely remember it, that. Yeah, ICQ. I had ICQ. Uh, I remember Windows yeah. Messenger, but I didn't use it. Yahoo had a messenger, and then it got like spam botted. Yeah, Yahoo like Messenger. Spam yeah, the spam bots figured out how to take it over, and it died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you play Oregon Trail in elementary school? <laughs> um, no, I, uh, Oregon Trail came when I was in like high school and college, actually. I've played it. I don't think it was when I was in elementary school, but I, I have played it. I was in. I think yeah. I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, Leisure Shoot Larry was pretty big when I was in college. I think I, I think I played that. Leisure Suit Larry. I think I played that back in the day. I did a lot of stuff back in the day, even stuff that was you know ahead of me, or like or before my time. Like I, 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 I'm a very old soul for my age. You know, like I, and people close so to me. I. Know, yeah, like I, yeah, but you're an old soul where like you know you connect with the 30s. Like I connect with like the 70s and the 80s. You know. Although I shouldn't Fuck say you. that, I shouldn't Fuck say that. Fuck you very much, Matt. I do like a lot of like, I I do like a lot of even older music too. Like I like forties and fifties stuff. Um, you know, it just depends on what it is. Um, but yeah, you know. Oh my God! Look at all these comments rolling in here. Jay Davis, BBs were awesome. Um, BBS as well, yeah. Nicole said yeah. I played it in elementary school. Yeah, Nicole, I know Nicole's played Oregon Trail. Because I remember trying to give her shit about not knowing what it was. She was like, I know the Oregon Trail. I'm like, you do? I was like surprised. Yeah. She knew what it was. Yeah. They actually have a new version of it on in uh, the App Store on Apple. You know, it's funny. If you, if you, anyone who has a Mac, so if you have a MacBook or whatever, <sighs> built into the programming of Mac OS... I believe you have to access it from the terminal. Um, there's a command. You have to look it up. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know it's there because I've, I've done this several times. If you go into the terminal on a Mac and you find out whatever it is the command is, it will open up a text-based game that you can play. Um, and I have to figure out what it is, but I, I remember someone telling me about it in high school. and I had a MacBook. And I was like, no way. And I went home and I did it. And I was like, oh, shit. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not Oregon Trail, but it's that same thing. And it's, it's like, it's kind of like a little secret gem. So if anyone has one of those, like, there's that. I, I had an Apple II. Oh, that's going cool. uh, So did I. I had an Apple, Apple and IIc it, and Apple IIe. <laughs> I had the, I, I had the two, two C and it was the most sophisticated, like, there weren't a lot of games for it at the time, but the games were really good that were available. They were all floppy disk based, <laughs> um, and they they but there were some great there were some great games that were out on on that. Uh, I went really easily as like uh, there was like the Commodore Vix, and like this is garbage. And they had the Atari eight hundred, decent, but the the Apple two C. I had that for a long, I had that for about eight or nine years. That computer it did it really did well for me. Well, they're revolutionary when they came out, for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Alan Rubin. <laughs> Alan Rubin. When I was in middle school, computer class, every Mac had SimCity on it. <laughs> <laughs> Alan was like that. Alan was probably that kid in middle school that still played with kid picks on a Mac. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
I see, I see, I see my buddy Randy Bush on there says that, that he's convinced that Elvis is his dad. So is, is, is his name Randy Presley now? When I, I remember when the Bill Bixby special came out about Elvis being alive. I mean, you came out of that thing, you were convinced he was alive. I mean, it was just so well done. They, you know, they, Bill Bixby did this docu, docu, docu series. Uh, I remember, and I was like, I think he's alive. I swore he was alive after that. Come on, don't you remember Men in Black? Elvis didn't die. He just went home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I was in high school, and it was when. Um, the Netflix streaming was like really first starting to take off and I was going through my Beatles phase in like, I don't know, the 10th grade. And I got like so into it. My grandmother got me the box set and all that. And I was on Netflix one day and I saw this, this like documentary. I use the air quotes documentary. And it was all, it was all about like convincing you how Paul McCartney was dead and he was replaced by some other guy that had plastic surgery and he was trained. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. And I know that back, even back then, like it was a thing. But like, I just remember watching that being like, huh, this is the yeah. weirdest thing I think I've ever watched. All the, and it, like, it played like all the subtle clues that supposedly were in all the album covers and in the song yeah. lyrics. And I'm like, damn, people die. Like, people say that Tupac's still alive. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we've done a lot of, um, on our music show, we've talked a lot about some of these conspiracy theories and stuff. And the, the Beatles thing's been something we talked a lot about. And it was a whole subculture of things. <laughs> Alan said, Elvis is dead, move on. Jay said, Elvis is alive. He's living in Macedonia with his grandfather. I was saying that. That might be the comment of the night. That was good. That was good. Carlito's still yeah. here, so I know he's. I think. That yeah, too. I, I think. I think like Jay should write a book of like Jose Blanco isms, and just like do a book on him. Uh, because he's got. I, I remember. I, 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 was in one of the Fuente rooms, and it's the one where it's like the explorers are in there. I think I sent a picture to Jay, and he's like, "Yeah, Jose knows all those people." He's like. <laughs> Those are his friends. Those are, he knows Columbus and his friends. He's like, yeah. did did Jose Blanco also sail the ocean blue in 1492? Well, when Jose Blanco had a shot, I mean, he had a choice between the Nina Pinter and Santa Maria, and lucky he picked the Santa Maria, right? Because <laughs> the Nina Pinter sank, right? <laughs> Jose Blanco is so old that he was there when Squanto came out, and. Uh, you know, got the uh, the the uh, what do they call them? The pilgrims it, and the and the natives oh, yeah. together. <laughs> if I could have if I could have half the energy that Jose has, when I reach that age, I think I've done pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Isn't Jose Blanco the guy that jumped out of the airplane with a bag bag of money back oh, in the day and disappeared? Oh, this is bad. This is getting bad now. <laughs> oh I'm man. I'm sorry, Jose. Uh-uh. Yeah, I was gonna say bad. we should probably quit while we're ahead. <laughs> I know, Jose. I, look, people make comments. I am not. Re- I am not responsible for this. <laughs> yeah, I, me either. I mean, people comment. They comment. I mean, shit. <laughs> oh man, he's not even here to defend himself. This is getting <laughs> too much. <laughs> And Carlito's here. He's going to tell them all about it. Oh, Jose, you know, they were talking about they you were on the really, show. They were talking about you. I know. <laughs> I'm 
I'm not responsible, Carlito. <laughs> yeah, Carlito, don't don't say anything. Like, yeah, don't, say, uh, Matt's, don't... Matt's paying you back for calling him fat. <laughs> that's true. I like that. That's my that's my that... alibi. Remember when you called me fat in the airport in front of all those strangers? <laughs> like, yeah, this is my payback. <laughs> and hit you up for, hit you up for a cigar. And he hit you up for a cigar. Yeah, yeah. He calls me fat in the middle. Of, I haven't seen him in over a year. And the the the, the second. Oh, Matthew, how are you? And then the next thing he says is he, you know, he insults me and he, he says, I put on some pounds. <laughs> and then after that, hey, you got a cigar? And I'm, I look at my Because the cigars were on the check bags. That's why. All the yeah. cigars were in the check bags. <laughs> That's when you know you command an obscene amount of respect when you can insult somebody and ask them for a cigar and they give you one. Yeah, I gave him a tatawahe. It doesn't, doesn't say any more about your per, per, persona than right there. I'm sitting yeah. there in the middle of McCarran. I got my bags open. I got three travel humidors full of stuff. And I go, what do you want? And he's like, well, uh, something small ring gauge. I go, okay. And I go, you want this? No, 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 no. And I was like, you want this? And he's like, no. I go, I got this tatuai. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. And I'm like, okay. And then in like two hours later, I see Pete Johnson at the Circle Bar. And he goes, hey, by the way, thanks for giving Jose Blanco tatuai. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no problem. He called me fat first and then he gave it to him. <laughs> and Pete's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he called me fat. And he's like, you got a cigar? <laughs> yeah, Pete's like, well, you are putting on pounds, bro. <laughs> So yeah, did I ever tell you? Did, did I ever tell you the Jose Blanco story at Hoya de Nicaragua when no. I first met him? No. So we were on Drew State Cigar Safari. This is about ten years ago, and uh, we had just done. We, I, we just did something at Hoya de Nicaragua, and he was coming back to Drew State with us to do his blending seminar. And I guess we're all walking, and people are lighting up cigars, and Jose is like getting all upset that everyone. He's like, "Don't smoke! Don't smoke!" He's telling everyone, "Don't smoke." You need to have a clean pound. Don't smoke. Oh, I remember this story. I turn, and I turned and I turned to Jose and I said, "You're you're telling us not to smoke." He's like, "Coop." He goes, "Just until after my seminar, then you can smoke your fucking head off." After that, he's like, "I want to have a clean pound." <laughs> but it was funny hearing Jose tell people not to smoke. I don't smoke. Don't smoke. <laughs> like, well, you know, he had to shine. You know, he doesn't want to. You know. And I and I I followed I followed orders. I didn't smoke. I I uh, you know I did. But well, I you would have been stuff. reprimanded if you did. So I I just met, this was the first time I had really I had met him a couple times. This is the first time I really kind of spent time with him. Was that ten years ago? In fact, um, Emma was pregnant actually with Jasper back then too. So because uh, I met Emma later that week. So I went, maybe it was nine years ago. I forget when it was. It was like 2013, 14 time frame when Emma was pregnant with Jasper. You know, is this a, is this is, is this you know like who can come up with the best like Jose Blanco joke thing? Like now this is taken off. Now like everyone's chiming in. We got Charles Joseph. Isn't Jose Blanco? I, the I, guy am, who, I am. I am. Who painted the wrist? <laughs> I'm actually starting to feel sorry for the guy because he's not here to defend. I himself. know. Like this is like you know a couple of <laughs> I'm, jabs I'm, I'm, amongst call, friends. Now you get the audience. Carlito, I'm sorry. Carlito, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about this, Jose. This is getting out of hand. I'm I'm putting my foot down. I think Jay Davis kind of triggered this whole thing. <laughs> Carlito's probably calling him up right now. It's like Jose. You gotta see what they're what Matt's saying about you on this show. I'm not saying anything. Like people are putting their comments. <laughs> oh, on I'm gonna the show. get bland. I'm gonna get the call tomorrow morning. Like look out, we're on plane tomorrow or something. <laughs> I'm gonna get the call too. I'm gonna get the call too. You know, I heard you know, your show. People last were telling night. me. People were telling me. No, he's gonna say people were telling me. He's like, uh, you guys were cutting on me. I'm like. He's gonna, he's gonna be like, do you know how many phone calls I got about that show last night? <laughs> 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 like, Jose, <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> 
We love you, Jose. We do. We I love, love Jose. I I had to go to Jose yesterday for an important technical question, like cigar technical, not like computers, but but it was I, I had a I had a I had a construction issue and I went to Jose and I asked him and he gave me a great response and I, that those are the things I love about Jose is I can ask him any question. He and uh, I don't think I, he's ever been like, Oh, I don't know. He always knows. Yeah, I remember I, I uh, actually before I spent time with Ojo State, I, I I had sent him a Twitter message on a question about a La Aurora cigar, and he gave me like, this great explanation of it. I just remember that it was the, the old fourteen ninety five, mm. and I was reviewing it. and I had some questions on what this cigar was all about. I couldn't really get accurate blending, and he was great. Like, he didn't know who I was at the time. And he was still at La Aurora when I sent him that message. I remember. Well, you know. And on a positive note, I mean, that's what is so great about Jose. I mean, and there's a lot of great people. I mean, even Carlito, who's here, you know, he knows a lot about stuff. But, um, and I'm not saying he knows less than Jose. But Jose is, you know, among those people who, I mean, he, he's he a just, professor. Yeah. He, he's he, a professor, yeah. He literally, and he's humble. And I and I, I respect that yeah. about him. But he really yeah. does know almost everything there is to know. I mean. Yeah. Well, he, and he's a living legend in the industry for sure. Yeah, I mean, I he. Mean, w- w- I could tell you when he we went to those shops in Las Vegas. Uh, listen, Jose, it was like royalty coming in there. I mean, because Jose didn't get the shops in Las Vegas all that often, so uh, it was a big deal. Uh, and I just let that was Jose's moment, and I was glad for him at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, you know. Jose, look, Jose knows how to dish it out too. So yes, like he he gets the jokes, but he also, to be fair, Jose knows how to dish it out. So it's not like he he gets beat up on. I mean, he he gives it back. So. In, in in his in his absent defense, uh, he yeah. can take it and he can he can give it back just as hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, like Coop said, he's been around a long time, so he's he's kind of you know earned that right. You know. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, he's uh, and he's always in learn mode. He'll tell you that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he'll tell you he's still learning stuff, but I mean, I don't know how much more he can learn. I mean, he already knows. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I will say too, Jose is also one of those people where I've had certain people on the show before, who have have said certain things, and he'll he'll call me and be like, you know, like, hey, like I heard the show, and like this was kind of strange, like, and when you know, even I haven't heard about this, or like, what is this, what is this all about, and you know, I I find that interesting too because you know it's Jose trying to figure out is it bullshit, is it true, and if it's true, yeah. hey, it is something I don't know, yep. and that's cool. Um. But anyway, that's all I have to say about Jose. I do love Jose, and he's always been great to me. Um, mm-hmm. He can take it. That's why we give it to him. Although I think the comments were starting to get carried away, but yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. wasn't on me. That was on yep. that was on the audience. Um, but anyway, so <clears throat> looking at the time, we're uh, we're hitting the three hour mark. I think we're almost yeah. Ready I think to wrap we cut up. I think I think we, yeah, I think so too. We talked about a lot tonight. This was good. This was really good. And it didn't get too off the rails. No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Um, it was it was pretty well contained for the most part. Um, yep. I um, I don't think I have any other announcements to make. We got we got Michael Herklotz coming on next week. We're gonna smoke the Ferriotego Suma, which Mitchell now has in his possession up in Canada. Uh, I'm happy to say. Um, <sighs> sorry, I'm reading. What did he just say? Carlito just said, whatever you guys do, don't say I've been watching the show. He's been trying to call me, but I try not to take his calls. Once a week on Sundays is more than... Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) Boom. 
Absolutely, I'm not saying a word. It's all it's okay now because even Carly, even Carly don't take his shot at him. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, that that just got all of us out of jail because he's gonna forget all. Gonna, I don't give a shit about you. He's gonna be like, Carlino, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We're off the hook now. It's all on him. <laughs> all we need is Jeremiah to show up and make a comment. We got the whole, the yeah. whole package. Oh, but oh, oh, by the way, this week, Mirafell Richard review on Coop coming up. Okay. Yep, I'm really excited about that review. So must be a good review if you're that excited. It did very, it did very well. Yeah, it did really well. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Yeah, uh, I was working on the review uh, last night. So yep. Anyway, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yes, I was gonna say this. So Mitchell being in Canada, um, I am happy to say we've had our first successful direct shipment of cigars to Mitchell in Canada. Cost me seventy-one dollars. Overnight international, global express guaranteed, with expedited customs and everything, and he got them. Weren't open. I, I uh, you should see my bills to Australia, but not overnight, and it's still more than that. So, oh, <laughs> oh I believe it. Oh, for Dave, yeah, for Dave, that's a much further I, ride. There was one point during the pandemic that was one hundred and eighty dollars to make him a shipment, and then he has. I have to limit what I send him. Because he gets taxed through customs on that, so uh, you know it's it's not the most effective. But now it's the prices have got stabilized going back to Australia again. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he got them. Uh, no duty, no confiscation, no slice through the wrappers like last time. He's got them. So yep, it was a successful. You know, it's it's aggravating that it has to be like that much of a. Oh, he got them. Like I can, yep. you know. Yep. Oh Jesus! Yep. But he's got what he needs now. So. Um, he should be good to go for the next several weeks. Looking um, forward to that. Show. That Suma is a good cigar. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting. I um, I thought I smoked one already. I I thought it had a great construction, great draw. Uh, I know Michael spent a lot of time on that, and it definitely shows. It's very well made. Um, I thought it was a good cigar. Um, the flavor for me, it was a little. It was. I'll be honest. It was slightly underwhelming, but I only smoked one, so I don't know. I have to smoke another one. Um, it just. It was. It I was thought a, it was a little different than I expected it to be. I liked it, but I wouldn't judge anything from a show sample. So, this was not a show sample. Okay. Okay. I will say that this was not a trade show sample. Um, but having yeah, said my, that, I will have to try another one. Yeah, my first experience with it was a. Uh, few weeks ago when we were in Cleveland and he actually had an event there. So we actually drove an hour to go see him at his event. We walk, he's like, what the hell are you guys doing here? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, for me it was good. It started out pretty good. And then I don't know, there's the second half of it. It just kind of, it kind of went flat on me and like, it just kind of stayed the same. Um, but then again, I don't know, like I said, I got to smoke another one because you can't really judge something on one cigar, but all, I mean, overall, very well put together, and it was good. It was not bad by any means. I didn't have any issues with it. Um, but that's my it's my light assessment of it as of this point in time. Um, other than that, I don't really have any announcements to make. Um, I think that's it. We really covered it. This was a long. This was a long damn show. Yep. Alrighty. Well, I think that's gonna do it good this guys. week. Yep. 
Good show, guys. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and being here with us all night and listening along later on the downloads. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe everywhere you get your podcast from. Don't forget to visit SmokingTobacco.com for the latest news, reviews, and updates in the cigar industry, as well as our 2023 PCA coverage brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars. Signing off from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.